Welcome to Dad Factors. And today on the show, we have Kevin Puckett. Yeah, we do today. But, you know, we were supposed to have someone else before that. You want to talk about this? Oh, yeah. You want to just get it out? How the sound guy messed up. (laughs) I did. I screwed up uh, episode 44. Yeah, the worst I think you've ever screwed up. Uh, so, At least for podcasting. So let me just tell you. Let me just explain what happened. I mean, I'm sure people understand. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was. I, <laughs> I hadn't started editing yet because you know it is things. Limited. Yeah, because of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, I was busy. Is what I'm saying. Gotcha. And so I I started about I don't know 15 minutes before. Kevin was supposed to show up, or, you know, the following. Yeah, you're trying to clear some ep- card. The next episode yeah. guest. And I, you know, uploaded everything to the old MacBook and yeah. got it going. Well, my podcast recorder records <coughs> one file that's uh-huh. blank every time. And I don't know if that's a setting or something that I, I'm missing. I don't know. But so if you don't upload the right files and then you format the SIM card, I learned mm-hmm. this. Um, you you end up getting one audio file out mm-hmm. of three, out of four, really, that is blank, mm-hmm. and then two that are, you know, voices on mm-hmm. there. And then um, then you format the SIM card, and it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened, is I, <laughs> I uploaded the three audio files I thought were right. I went to start editing them. At the same time, I'm formatting the SIM card, getting ready for the next podcast, and our guest for episode 44 was the blank file. Yeah. I deleted his voice file. Yeah. So uh, he did agree to come back on the show. Which so is crazy. Episode 44 will happen. Yeah. Just not right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll get him back and hopefully, you know, some of that allure of us being. Yeah. So, yeah. Zach, if you're listening, Ray's, Ray's sorry. I am sorry. And it's not you, it's me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, this episode is... Uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Puckett. Puckett. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool dude. Really into, well, a bunch of stuff. Um, really outdoorsy. Very like, outdoorsy. Yeah, very yeah. outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um, it really brings light to... I mean, it really brought light to me in the fact like that bringing an expert in a field, like when it comes to like pricing contracts... Mm-hmm. It's super important because if you don't know what you're pricing, like you're you're leaving a, a ton of money on the table, and that's kind of what he does. And so, um, yeah, it was it was a really good conversation. Yeah, and um, he talked about his celiac disease a little bit, and yeah, which I, learned, I didn't know anything about. Yep, I didn't even know what that was yep. until he was on the show. Yep. So, and yeah, really cool. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to all that in just a minute, but first, let's get that quote of the week. Okay, so the quote of the week sent in by Alex, and it says. Uh, Speak when you're angry, and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Speak when you're angry, and you'll make the best speech that you'll ever regret. Yeah. yeah. That's I've done good. a few of those speeches yeah. to my kids before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens often. You know, like people like get angry, and they, I don't know, they'll, they'll make a, a drastic action, or they'll say something drastic, and then, you know, they cool down, and they're like, ah. 
Well, shit, shouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they say, you know, if you're writing an email or something, you write it hot <coughs> yep. and then you send save it. it. Yeah, send it cold. And then you reread it later when you're Which not I've done before. Upset. I've wrote stuff and I'm like, ooh, you know, and your finger's on that trigger. Like, I'm going to hit the send button. And then you're like, well, it doesn't matter if I send it right now or if I send it, you know, in a couple of days. And you open it back up in a couple of days and you're like, oh, God, I'm glad I sent that. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, and half the time when I reread it cold, I go, I really still want to say that, but I just probably shouldn't, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So anyway, let's start the show. If you've already done this, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. But if you haven't, please subscribe to the channel, Mm -hmm. right? And leave us a rating. Yes. And if you can, depending on the platform that you're on, uh, leave us a comment. So the ranking algorithm is is done by your subscription and your uh, reviews. And they report that back to the parent platform that the um, podcast is hosted on. And that's how our podcast is ranked. And so, yeah, hook us up. Right. Yeah. It it means a lot to us. Maybe just a little bit of your time means a lot to us. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, you can log on to anchor.fm slash dadfactors, click on the support link, and fill out the information and support us that way. We have a couple people that do that already, and we really appreciate you. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Yep. You help us keep doing what we're doing. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate, I mean, anything. Uh, we Podcasting uh, equipment is expensive, and we try to treat our guests when they come on the show with, you know, drinks or food or whatever. And, uh, yeah, if you could help us out, that'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. But no matter what, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you live in the Coeur d'Alene slash Spokane area and you want your windows clean, give Brandon's window cleaning a call. Yeah, they do a good job. They do do a good job. Yeah. We know that personally. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. 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 A little practice what you preach. My windows were crystal clear afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And they don't just do windows. You know, they do pressure washing, right, for your yeah. driveway. Yep. Uh, roof moss removal. Right? Yeah, if you have one of those nasty roofs. Yeah, where, you know. It's, it's just all, grown all, it's all over. furry. Yeah. yeah. They'll take it out. And uh, rain gutter cleaning. Yep. Which, uh, if you don't know, you, I mean, your rain gutters, like if they get full, I mean, they'll ruin, like, they'll do much more damage. Yeah. Soffits get wrecked, you know, and you get start growing mold mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, give them a call. They'll clean your stuff out for you. They do an Excellent job on windows. I can attest to that. They really do. They look better after they're done. I think that they didn't. I bought the house new. You yeah. Know, I think it looked better by far. You know, you're just, you don't realize what you're missing until you have clean windows. For right. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and Brandon's windows can be contacted at brandonswindows.com. Mm-hmm. Just fucking calm down. That's <laughs> well, how don't this is delete start. someone else's track. That's how this is starting right now. <laughs> don't fucking delete someone down. else's track. You know, so this is what Jason used to do to me when we had those spring-loaded ones. Right. Like, because he knows that I edit the audio, right? And he'd just sit there and twang it like it's a guitar string. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. God, it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Fuck you. Yeah. Let's start. Well, I, ho- I hope oh, you yeah. can find the track. I'm trying to adjust that. From last week's. I can't. It's gone. You sure? 
It's fucking gone, dude. Is it in your like trash bin on your laptop? No, it is gone because this. Hey, you remember that time when you were like transferring it? I was like, make sure you don't delete anything. The, <laughs> you remember that's that? I said that the first today. time I've ever done it. Yeah, ever. Maybe it's because I told you not to. Right. It's because, <laughs> it's because I wasn't paying attention. I usually yeah. listen to all three audios, but this one. So this records actually four tracks, even yeah. though only have three on. Yeah. And so it'll track. It'll do track one, track two, and then this one's labeled track B, and then it also do a track three and four, that has nothing on it. Okay. But it puts track three and four before track B. So I wasn't paying attention and I was talking to you and I listened to the track one and track two. Oh, those are good. I put track three and four up there. Fucking hit execute on the format button on the SD card. It's fucking gone. It is gone. Uh, Last brutal. week's podcast, there's two tracks recorded, mine and yours. The guests. Yeah, I don't feel gone. like that's a very good podcast. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Huh. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just have to redo it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. We haven't had to do that yet. So we're... No. This is, I think, episode 45. Yep. Yeah, we haven't had to redo any of them. So I guess there's always a first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard hard bringing that original charisma back, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to kind of rethink about what you guys yeah. talked about. Right. Yeah, last week, which we don't have anymore, was... <laughs> Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Right. Deer in the right. headlights. Um, <laughs> even though I'd pre-warned him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sat there for. Uh, what do I say? Yeah. Do I say no to drugs. Yeah, yeah. Just say Dare. no. Dare. Yeah. Ignore him. They go away. Right. Yeah. Uh, the more you, the more you give them love, the more they stay. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, after we're all done, I got a sandwich board over there made up oh, yeah. with your name on it. Take my mug shot. Oh, Take yeah. your mug shot. That's, sweet. that's the thumbnail for each episode. Yeah, so. I, checked, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Griffin, yeah. Griffin thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yours will come different. out as episode 45 because I'm going to re-record episode 44. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, um, a water purveyor last week. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't know what that was. Pretty cool. Yeah. Aquifer to your tap. Oh, yeah. Does everything. Yeah. Man of... Jack of all trades. Yeah. Do you listen to Joe Rogan at all? A little bit. Yeah. So did you see the one where he had um, uh, Alex, Alex Jones. Jones on? No. And Alex Jones was talking about they put fluoride in the water because it turns frogs gay. Right. <laughs> or some weird shit, he says. Right. And he's like, well, they're turning the frogs gay. Well, so I asked him last week. I go, is it true that they put fluoride in the water to yeah. like turn the frogs gay? <laughs> he had heard that episode before. And he's like, I, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Pretty sure they don't do that. Yeah, they don't put fluoride in the water here, which is, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I don't think they do it to turn the frogs gay, just to begin with. Yeah. But you know, you know, I don't know what the byproduct well, of, of putting it in yeah. and in it in is. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be good for the teeth, is what. He yeah. Said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they said cool. it was like I listened to scientists talk about. It. They said it's like one of the greatest, um, like scientific advancements that humanity has done. I thought Just you were going to say mind control. No, well, yeah, maybe that has to do with it. I don't know, but uh, waterboarding, yeah, <laughs> but they, yeah, essentially just for oral, oral health, or you could just brush your teeth, right? You know, right? I don't know. I'm so, yeah, uh, what I feel the same way when it comes to masks. Oh, yeah, sneeze into your arm or your shirt, right. don't make it, don't force everybody. It's a blanket policy. We, we right. have the same shit at work, right? Every 
fucking day. <laughs> but the problem is, is when your president stands up there and he coughs into his hand. Yeah. You know, well, everybody sees that and thinks yeah. that's what everybody else is doing. And yeah. You did know. you ever did you ever sneeze in your mask and feel like you shit your face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna I was, bring gonna, that up. I was gonna say, um so I uh I, I honestly barely wore a mask. Yeah. Um I, I only wore a mask to go to the doctor when it was necessary yeah. because that's what they required. Yeah. To go into Walmart or Fred Meyer or to go to work for that matter. Yeah. Um we didn't require it. Yeah. Um we were, you know, we're closer than six feet apart. Yeah. Um, we had to be. Um, so, so I, I didn't wear one as probably as often as everybody, you know, was, was Oh, that's my yeah. bad. Jesus. There's some, that there's, was cool. There's some, <laughs> there's some buttons on here. Some, sometimes when I'm, rec- it's like sports center <laughs> when I'm adjusting the audio, sometimes, I, um, I bump them. So, yeah. So, so, Fuck. so that took me by surprise. Yeah. I just shit my pants. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, it's better than shit in your face. Right. Uh, so, God. so yeah. I was going to bring that up because during like the height of COVID, right, I'm, I'm at the gas station in Washington right. and, and um, this lady is looking at the beer cooler and she, I, I see her pull her mask off, sneeze, right, without like, without even covering it up or anything oh yeah and then put her mask back on right and i'm like okay on one hand i don't blame you because i would hate to sneeze yeah. in my mask but the whole purpose of a mask but is to feed it. that's the yeah. purpose of it right to stop that crap. oh yeah. yeah so yeah that was pretty funny there was yeah. there was several times you could watch and see people i mean they would they would pull their mask down do this yeah and then put the mask back on and i'm like what about these? Yeah. Like you just contaminated those and now you just put them on your basket. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 There was uh, I think that was the, the biggest thing is that the, the misconception that putting on a mask was going to protect you from everything possible. Like this yeah. was the fix for everything. You can go and touch everything, but as long as you have a mask on, you're going to, you're going to be fine. You're not going to get it. And the best thing was there was no like definition of the, like the correct mask to wear. So it'd be right. a cloth mask. Right. You know, not a hospital grade mask. Yeah. So you could have a fishnet mask and it was okay. Right. Or it like, was a face. <laughs> it was a face covering. Yeah. So people were pulling shirts up. Yeah. They were using those baklava head sock uh-huh. things. Mm-hmm. And then they were telling you in the beginning, don't go and get an N95 mask yeah, because it's needed for hospital. It's needed for hospital mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then they got to the point, you know, five six months ago or whatever it was, it was all over the media where you all that N95. shit you were doing before was wasn't wrong. adequate. We all needed to be wearing N95. Yeah. And it's like, well, you you told us not to. Talk about smart though. I mean, uh, you know, virus from China, and then we contracted all of our mask manufacturing from, from China. China. Yeah, right. Genius idea. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's another loop. Oh, I mean, seriously, don't get me started. Okay. I'm good. Dude, we could talk for hours just yeah. on that. For I mean, real, yes. you know, there's uh, fucking ridiculous. It is. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, well, it's almost over. And all no, it's sham. gone. I mean, we're done. COVID's over. The war started. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you know the conspiracy theory was that COVID would be over before the election year. Right. I'm not saying that that's what's happened. However, they did poll it, and it polled terribly. Correct. So yeah, I'm not saying like we claim victory over COVID because right. of election year, but it's just a weird coinkadink. Right. So 
<laughs> You're getting started, bud. I'm getting high. <laughs> up here. The blood pressure's it's going. <laughs> well, my two cents on that, honestly, is um, that is it was all a sham. It, right. It didn't. It didn't fucking matter if you're wearing a cloth mask or most of the time people are wearing these KN95s, which are designed to like, I don't know, um, if you get, if you work around sawdust or something, right. you're not breathing it in. They're, right. they're not really designed to stop everything. And, um, you know, and it, all they did was put a, a nation in fear or the world really. Mm-hmm. And then we still don't know what the ramifications are on the kids that had to quarantine or they right. had yeah. to wear right. masks in school all the time there are mm-hmm. they're still having to wear them right? right we don't know what the psychological long-term effects are well we won't know well, that for like a decade exactly yeah. and we don't know the long-term effects of the people who got vaccinated either yeah i mean you yes. look at that and so you know the uh and i always get it wrong and i'm going to say it wrong but the the type of vaccine it is it starts with an m i always want to say miranda but it's not um moderna moderna, moderna. yeah yeah so that type of that type of vaccine has been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But the twists and the the tweaks that they had to do to it to be able to combat COVID is no. a year old, yeah, you know, yeah. a year and a half old or whatever, right? Yeah. We just made it up in 3 months or something. We we can't cure cancer or anything, but we can make this thing in 3 months in a lab. So <laughs> now they're saying, you know, you get to the point where, okay, well, you know, we want, we want everybody 17, 18, whatever it is. We want you to be an adult to take this, right? All, mm-hmm. you know, 65 and older, that's where everybody's dying, mm-hmm. right? Well, because they have underlining health conditions. I mean, you start looking at some of the people. Um, so I was in, I had COVID, I was in the hospital. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, so I got to see who, who the clients were, like, you know, one on one. Yeah. Okay. And, there's a guy across from me who's like 89 years old, right? And he's on his deathbed. Uh-huh. And so I'm talking to the nurses like, what's what's going on and everything? And they're like, oh, well, you know, he's got this and this and this. Underlining health conditions. Yeah. Have a liter- liver failure. Yeah. You know, first. And then came in, got a surgery done, contracted COVID, went home, got found out that he you know he got sick at home uh, found out that he got covid came back to the hospital and then he's in there with me yeah but th- that's not why he got covid you know that's not why he's sick he was yeah. sick in the beginning yeah. for other pro- you know other issues and there yeah. was several of them like that i was the youngest person in that area yeah that was in there for the week that i was in there uh-huh. there was nobody younger than me everybody was 60 to 80 years old and you you were in there cuz your blood oxygen would go up yeah, yeah. I, yeah my pulse ox um my oxygen level was 83 uh-huh. and so uh we had talked to the doctor so i had already had covid from like it was it was uh, Labor Day. We came back from my parents, had a big family get-together. First time we've been together in like 15, 20 years. Everybody, all the kids, yeah. the, the, everybody. And uh, sat there and drank and, you know, uh, cornhole and washers for the whole weekend. And then we get back Tuesday. It was a Labor Day was two, Monday. So Tuesday I go to work. Tuesday night, I'm out. Yeah. I am just something just hit me like i don't know what happened wednesday everything all the symptoms everything by friday saturday i'm coming out of it i'm like holy shit that was that was nothing yeah you know i mean it was hard for the tuesday wednesday but after that it was fine and then we talked to the doctor on um i think it was friday or something maybe you know it was monday and she said uh we're doing the telehealth thing right Uh you know and she's talking to jennifer talking to Kendall about getting sick 
And then she's looking at me and she's like, you don't look good. Have you tested your oxygen level? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, totally fine. You know? And she says, you need to go get the pulse socks, yeah. you know, get those little things from Walgreens and put it on your finger and see what it says. She's like, if it's 92 or, you know, if it's at 92, you need to go to the ER. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like 96 or 98. yeah. 96, 98. Okay. Okay. So Jennifer runs and gets one, you know, and then she's like, oh yeah, I'm a hundred, you know, or yeah, yeah. 99 or whatever. And did all the kids and everything comes into me. Yeah. I'm, I'm already at 94, you know, 92. Oh, and wow. she's like, well, we should watch you, you know? And I'm like, okay. So as the night progresses, right. It always seems like you get worse at night, yeah, yeah. you know, night. Next thing I know it's 90 and I'm kind of just checking it. I got a piss one time at like two o'clock in the morning i damn near passed out really i'm walking backwards <laughs> i feel like i'm walking straight i'm good the next thing i know i'm leaning sideways and i'm into the wall yeah and i'm like dude this is trippy mm -hmm. um and i go over to the nightstand and i put the thing on and it says 83 oh, and Jesus. that's where she's i told jennifer i said what does that say you know i'm like two o'clock in the morning she yeah. said it says 83 I'm like, damn, I feel it, you know, <laughs> take some deep breaths, you know. So I sit there, I have asthma. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I know how to breathe from my lower diaphragm and yeah. everything. So I'm taking some big deep breaths and stuff. And, and she's like, yeah, oh, it's 94, you know, and it's not getting better. So we went to the ER right yeah. away and they pulled, they, she can't come in because yeah. I've got COVID, right? So she kicks me out, get in a wheelchair and they wheel you in. And I'm like, mm, I got COVID, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ended up spending like four or five days there, you know, and they uh -huh. gave me oxygen and, and I was just like, yeah, this yeah. is, this is the shit, you know, and a bunch of steroids and stuff. And, and, uh, but like I say, I, I got to see it firsthand. I got to see it. And my biggest fear is is that there's an unknown of what's going to happen. Now we're talking, you know, we gave it to kids five and older, right? Yeah. What's what's the yeah What's the side effect from that from in in forty years, yeah. you know, or or thirty years, right? You, I mean, let's say they or twenty years. Shit, people are in their mid twenties and they having kids. What's going to happen? You know, we yeah. don't know. I and, think we're going to start seeing the attorney ads as early as twenty. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, for like mesothelioma yeah, and all that, right? The Moderna shot back in. They say that all those ads um, were at one time FDA approved. So, like, if you you know had whatever, and now you have ovarian cancer, contact right. this number. At one right. point in time, the medication that they were on was FDA approved. Mm -hmm. Right, it's yeah. not studied long enough. Right. Well, I mean, like the COVID shot. I mean, I who knows what the repercussions of that could be. Right. You know. Um, but the one thing that really bothered me during this time was like the like ability to silence if you yeah. questioned anything that Correct. which was weird because like there was like I don't know it seemed like fifty percent of scientists were for it right and then the other fifty were like eh I'm not necessarily against it but we need to study it more right. well those guys got told to shut oh, the hell up you know yeah. and yeah and I was yeah. just like that's really weird that you if you don't agree with like the media and these scientists you're anti science right. And yeah, I don't know. Over the whole thing, like that was probably what weirded me out the most. That and like we've had nurses that have worked with us mm -hmm. that have said like they left places, hospitals that were getting COVID patients or not COVID patients. Right. People that weren't COVID positive that right. they were told to put COVID on their death certificates. Right. And they were getting, I think it was like 7,800 bucks. He came with a gunshot wound. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. but he, he tested died. Positive. He died he in a car positive. accident. That's yeah. all he had to do. Yeah. 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 We heard so. stories about uh, um, somebody from work, their close friend, 
uh, died at Kootenai and they chalked it up to COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, being at work, you know, you're talking around the water cooler and all that shit, you know? And, and, uh, I was like, really, you know, like, did they really die? You know, of COVID yeah. like he was, he was 42 years old. I mean, yeah. he was a marathon runner, you know, all this shit that you hear, right? Well, dig a little deeper and find out, no, he had a heart attack. He was a heart, heart attack, like at home, got ambulanced to Kootenai, had asymptomatic. Yeah. And then tested positive for covid and they said they ch- they chalked yeah. they checked the box it for, death, yeah. for it was for it was a covid death yeah, i think it was and a, so the the family not necessarily suing yeah. but was going after kootenai to get uh, that reversed yeah. like hired attorney because on the death certificate it said covid and she said the wife was like the bullshit yeah you know don't chalk that up to a covid death he had a heart attack i was here yeah in the house he had a heart attack was on the floor I'm the one who called 911. Ambulance showed up, took him there, and then you guys want to check the box on COVID. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it was I think it was the UK that did the um uh they just released the numbers like maybe 2 months ago on people that died because of COVID right. and people that died with, with COVID. COVID. Yeah. Right. And the numbers were it was like a I don't know the exact number, but yeah, it was, I wonder if they reverse something different. like that if they're going to have to go back and repay the CDC the money they got right. from COVID death. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's move on from you the guys. COVID. Got me rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling Sorry. you, in my mind, I'm freaking. <laughs> you need to turn your mic up. My motor chick, is chick, running chick. Yeah. in my mind. You need to turn your <laughs> mic up. Yeah. How's that? Better? Way oh better. Yeah. yeah. Way better. Okay. Oh, nice. Now I hear you. Yeah. It's it's easy to hear myself because I hear myself. Right. And I also hear myself in the headphones. So. Right. Anyways. And you hear the voices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all in your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, tell us where you came from and, you know, how you came to be, who you are today and where you live today. Sure. Um, so like uh, a bunch of other people, I was born and raised in Southern California. Mm. Yeah. Transplant. <laughs> Transplant. Yeah. Uh, so uh, was born in Bakersfield, California. Um, uh, got an older brother. It's five years older than me and, uh, just kind of, you know, normal Southern California stuff that we did, uh, had parents. So you were in a gang. Got it. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) (laughs) surfer, you know? Um, yeah, did a lot of, uh, we were a camping, you know, uh, hardworking kind of family. We started a, uh, started a catering business when I was like four or five years old. Um, by the time I was seven, I was standing at the, at the front window, taking people's money, making change, you know, hollering orders at my dad and my mom cooking behind me. Yeah. Did that from, uh, probably, like I say, we started at probably five, five and a half or something like that. Um, and then I was standing there taking orders at seven and then we got rid of the business, uh, right after I graduated high school. Mm. And then my dad's like, well, we don't have anything else to do. So let's buy another business. Uh, so he bought an ice distribution plant there in Bakersfield and uh, ran that. I left actually when I was 21. My brother ran it until about three years ago. Oh, wow. And then finally, you know, got my mom and dad all paid off. They retired. And then my brother's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 21, uh, working there, working at Costco. Um, first couple years into college, junior college, not really knowing what I wanted to do and packed up my stuff in a 89 Toyota pickup with a camper shell and a carpet kit in the back and hooked onto it with my jet ski. And I left just nowhere to go. I just 
packed up and left and uh, kind of meandered through uh, Nevada and Utah and Arizona and, you know, ran like a vagabond and, and then wound up in Montana, ran out of money, <laughs> you know, yeah. decided it was time to get a job. I got a job, uh, worked at Costco again, uh, went to school, uh, got a construction engineering technology uh, degree there. And then uh, graduated, left, went to work for a large heavy civil contractor, traveled uh, back to California, Alaska, Hawaii. And you went to college in Montana? You said. Yeah, Montana what, State Bozeman. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bozeman. Yeah. Arch rivals at EW. Oh, right? That's where I went. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, traveled around with those guys, uh, switched to another company, uh, commercial building company out of Seattle. We spent a couple of years there. Um, I worked out at Fort Lewis McCord for a couple of years. And then uh, a buddy of mine who I worked with at the civil contractor, uh, he called me up, said they're starting a construction uh, engineering services consulting company in uh, Coeur d'Alene. And I uh, thought I'd be a good fit for it. So we decided to move and we've been here uh, for 12, 12 years now. Hmm. So been everywhere though yeah yeah all over the place yep it's good life experience so traveling like oh that, yeah especially traveling almost broke yeah you know yeah i think i've done that a lot <laughs> so where did you and your wife meet uh we so we met in bozeman um okay. when i got there i like i say i rolled in you know kind of a story i rolled in on fumes no money in my pocket <laughs> right um but i had my jet ski and and uh Oh, like you look say, good. Yeah, I looked yeah. good. You know, I rolled in like, like, no, I did not stand out at all. You know, rolled through Bozeman, you know, California plates. Yeah. Um, learned to change that real quick as soon as I could. Um, but I camped out uh, south of Bozeman there. Uh, Highlight is a little little mountain range, a little reservoir up there. And uh, I didn't know where to go. So the only thing I could think of is uh, going down to the MSU campus mm. and they had a, a place called uh, inside is the ask us desk. You go up there, you know, there's other college students, you know, work in the desk and, you know, you go in, what's the best piece, uh, pizza place in town. And then, yeah. you know, tell you what their, what their favorite is or, or how do I do this? How do I get enrolled? Whatever it is. And so I, I rolled in, <laughs> rolled in there and uh, I asked the lady behind the desk, you know, is there a place to camp? you know, I, I want to go camping. You know, she's like, well, you know, there's places to go. And, and she gave me a whole list of stuff. And I'm like, no, I just want to like drive off into the woods, <laughs> like not a campground. I don't want to pay. I don't have any money. And she's like, oh, you got to go check out highlight. You, you know, you go down this road and you get, you know, four miles down there and you, you turn over, uh, take a left and the road goes up to a reservoir. But as the road's going up to the reservoir, just, hang out right or a left and there's all these little open spots and she's telling me yeah we go that's there all the, the time college kids go that's to party. that's yeah. it she's telling that's what she told me she's like yeah we go up there and we party all the time i'm like cool so that's what i did i went and parked up uh in a wide spot and uh went up to the reservoir it's a it's a uh, non-motorized reservoir so um i had all my fly fishing gear and everything mm. my float tube so i go out and fly fish on the on the lake and then uh North of uh, Helena there, Canyon Ferry, I would hook onto the jet ski and I'd yeah. run it up to Canyon Ferry two or three times a week and, you know, terrorize the, the lake a little bit with the jet ski and then come back. And then 
like I said, I lived out of my truck, you know, yeah. I had a, an ice chest there that I, you know, would go to the grocery store and fill up with ice and, and all my food and everything. And I, and I lived out of there for once I was in Bozeman, I would, I would lived out of there for probably another month or so, um, maybe two months. And then I thought, this is a cool place. Yeah. You know, I, I dig the woods. Um, again, like I say, camping, growing up and all that stuff. I, I love fishing, uh, hiking and all that. And so, um, to go back a little bit before I had graduated high school, we had taken a family trip to Yellowstone. Okay. And so I had seen Bozeman and, and I knew there was a, a, an engineering school there. And so I had actually applied to MSU when I graduated high school, along with like four or five other, um, uh, universities, uh, in, uh, in California. Um, so I had never, started school there. Mm -hmm. So I just went up again to the ASCUS desk and said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting school here. How do I do it? Went up and talked to the uh, administrators and they said, Oh yeah, you applied, you know, this year and, but you never registered. So yeah. you can come in as a freshman, you know? And I'm like, well, I've already taken, you know, two years at a junior college. Oh, okay. So they transferred all my transcripts and everything transferred. Um, you know, so I kind of went in there as a, a halfway sophomore yeah. junior you know type of thing and uh then uh then i ended up finding a place to stay and a roommate and yeah. did the whole college experience you know mm. never had to live on campus you know because yeah. i was already i was already too old by that yeah. time you know um but yeah that's after all that and uh so when i got there uh my wife at the time uh, or my wife now was uh in this group of people that i worked my way into, mm. um, not only in the jet skis, but dirt bikes, mountain bikes, um, regular, you know, pedal BMX bikes. Yeah. We would terrorize the campus on the weekends, <laughs> you know, jumping all the stairs and all that stuff. Nice. And, uh, so at some point in there, I get a roommate, you know, I got a, I'm dating a girl. Um, she leaves, uh, with the guy that she's with, they move to California. Um, you know, we just kind of parted ways, you know, and all that. And then next thing I know, she came back and, uh, she was actually coming back. She went to school and, uh, I'm going to say this because she, she always tells everybody this. So I feel like it's okay. Uh, she stalked me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So did my wife. Uh, right. School. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, if it was the other way around, it seems like it would be uh, wrong, yeah, you know, or creepy. like it's frowned yeah. upon, you yeah. know. Um, but when the girl stalks you, it, it's totally acceptable. Yeah, it's okay you know, then, yeah. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I would come out to to my truck from you know from classes, and there would be a note on it, you know, ah. um, "Hey, saw your truck today, you know, whatever, give me a call," that kind of thing. I had early morning classes. She had the afternoon, mm. you know, kind of classes. So when I was leaving at you know one o'clock, she was just kind of getting there usually mm -hmm. so um so we had already kind of knew each other from you know previous and then we just kind of started talking again and then uh the the I, i'll remember it forever this is this is the day like you know i knew something was going to happen we, we're going to start dating and and i don't know what's going to happen but something something feels good and it was uh uh i was a big big snowmobiler at, at the time and uh and so every time we'd come out of the mountains, 
all my buddies would get on their phones, right, and call their wives, you know, hey, we just made it out of the mountains and, you know, we're on our way home. We're going to go drop so-and-so off and then, you know, then I'll be home, right? So I always give them shit for that, you know, that, oh, you guys got to check in with yeah. the wives, you know, or <laughs> one of the guys had a girlfriend, you know, so he was doing the same thing. And I, I just felt so free, like I didn't have to do that, you know. <laughs> and uh, we were coming out of the crazy mountains, which is just east of Bozeman, after riding one day. And, you know, I'm sitting in the back seat of this crew cab truck and all the guys are pulling out their phones and I'm laughing at them and everything. And, and my buddy at the time, he's in the passenger front passenger seat and he whips around and hands me his phone and he says, it's for you. And I'm like, who the hell, you know? Who's calling me? Uh-huh. Or, you know, who am I going to talk to? Especially on your phone. Right, on your phone. Yeah, like you you just talked to your wife. Who is at your house with your wife that I need to be talking to? And, um, yeah, so it. Uh, I say hello, and she says, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we just got done snowmobiling. We're coming out of the mountains. And then I was. everybody looked at me, and they're yeah. pointing fingers and laughing at me. <laughs> You're checking in. Yeah, you just did what we did, you know. <laughs> And I said the same thing. I'm like, oh, we're going to go drop him off. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to be home in about an hour, you know. And she asked uh, what I was going to be doing after that. And I was, you know, I'm, a, I'm dumb. I'm like, I don't know. Probably going to play some PlayStation and, you know, drink some beer or something, you know. And she's like, oh, do you mind if I come over? And that was it. Like, it. she came over and, like, I was, uh, I would say, you know, I, very socially and you know awkward and everything still you know at that point and uh she came over and we just started talking and again like i said i don't know what it was it was just everything started clicking yeah. and it was just one thing after another oh you like that oh you do like doing that oh i do that you know mm. um and then uh you know i ended up graduating the next year and then it was you know okay so here's the decision are you coming with me cuz i was i got my orders to go to Alaska, Nome, Alaska, right out of college. And, you know, that's, that's a little long ways from Bozeman, Montana. Um, (laughs) so I, we went out to dinner one night and I told her, I said, you know, this is what I have to do. This is my job now. And, and I'm, I'm moving to Nome next week. And, um, you know, what, what do you want to do? You want to continue this and see where it goes or whatever? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, no big deal. And so she stayed in Bozeman uh, for a whole nother year. We just would call emails um, back and forth. It was the full on long distance relationship. Wow. Yeah. And it just, it just seemed to work. There was never, uh, um, you know, Hey, I think it's, it's time, you know, yeah. like I didn't have anybody and the, there's nobody like I was interested in gnome, you know, yeah, especially not gnome, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like I was always worried. Like she was going to say oh, yeah. something, you know, College, like, Hey, yeah. I met a guy, you know, and mm-hmm. he's here and you're there. He and, checks in when he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let's me know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were working seven days a week. Uh, I got up there, like I say, right after graduation in May, went to Anchorage for uh, some training for a couple of weeks. And then it was boom, right up to the job, seven days a week, mm. um, you know, 12, 14 hour days in the summertime. And then uh, we worked all the way through, through, I think about mid January. And then one of the pieces of equipment broke down and then they, they ended up calling the, jo- the job that we had, to, you know, we had to slow down because of that big piece of equipment yeah. that we needed. And uh, so then uh, I flew her up 
I came, well, I came back to Bozeman one time and then at one point it was, Hey, do you want to, you know, come up and live with me in Nome? Yeah. So she came up and moved up there with me. And then, uh, that was, uh, a year or so out of college. And then sometime during that summer, I just like, I'm like this, this chick is cool. Like she followed me to Nome. Right. And we just hit it off. Everything's working. I love it. So I was like, I'm going to propose. And so I, uh, I did, I proposed to her and then she went back to Montana, um, a couple of months before the wedding, got the wedding hole all figured out. And, um, we got married in October and I, I, I leave, uh, Nome, you know, October, it's like 20 degrees and hardly any daylight. It's getting mm. to the point of where there's not going to be any daylight. <laughs> and I fly back to Montana and we have, I, I think I fly, flew back in on a Wednesday or a Thursday, have the bachelor party. We get married on Saturday and I leave Monday for Hawaii. And, uh, wow. yeah. So my, <laughs> my speech at the wedding is, you know, everybody, like, yeah, what's your, you know, and I, I stood up there and, um, I, I pulled a, a line out of Forrest Gump, you know, and I said, you know, you know, I'm, I may be dumb, but I know what love is. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And everybody's like, what are you guys going to do? You know, where's the honeymoon and everything. And I told her, I told everybody, I was like, well, we're going to go a place where to live where most people go for vacation, yeah. you know, where's that? Where's that? And I told them Hawaii, you know, I actually leave on Monday and everybody flipped out, man. It was crazy. And so, yeah, I flew to Hawaii. I lived there for, a month and a half or so. And then, uh, she got the rest of the stuff that she needed done in, in Montana. And then, uh, we've been together ever since. Mm. So, yeah. What's up? <laughs> my fucking, excuse me. My wife is running the wash machine and is spinning mm-hmm. up right now. And I uh, hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Just, I hear it. It's too. faint, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. it's, it sounds a little unbalanced actually. Right. But, um, <laughs> so what Island do you live on? We lived on Oahu. Nice. Yeah. That's where I was stationed. Yeah. Schofield Barracks. Yep. Back in the day. But yeah. Yeah. What, so what years did you... What so did you we were there from 2005, December 2005. We were only there a year. We, we actually moved to Washington. I changed jobs in uh, December of 2006. It was the day that the Seahawks played the Packers and it snowed. Oh. So we, uh, we had packed up all of our stuff in Hawaii, put it on a barge and we're actually at the neighbor's house, uh, just, you know, having dinner and everything, waiting for our flight to, you know, they were going to take us to the airport to, to fly. And there's the, I think it was the Packers and the, and the Seahawks and it's snowing. Mm. And I remember my neighbor, you know, telling me, you know, you want to leave this, you know, you want to leave this bro and go there, you know? (laughs) And I was like. Well, it's, no, that's not what I was planning on. And like, I didn't think it snowed in Washington, you know, like yeah. as much as it did, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the highways were shut down and people were leaving their cars abandoned on the, on <laughs> I-5, you know, and. Well, that's, and, that's the West side though. Right, right. You know I mean? like, it, any, anybody that's this side of the mountains yeah. knows, you know, they play a different game. Oh yeah. 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 We packed up our stuff and, and headed there and, uh. We lived in Linwood. I worked uh, at the. I worked on the Marysville or the Talalip Hotel in Marysville. That was my first job uh, with the tribe there. And then uh, 
my next job, as soon as I got done with that was down at, uh, Fort Lewis, um, Fort Lewis McCord. And so we moved down to Ording, uh, down South of Puyallup there. So I could not have commute on, on five every mm-hmm. day. And, uh, then we were there for a couple of more years. Um, well, I mean, commuting yeah. five miles on I five could be two hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sometimes I, I learned my lesson. I ended up getting a street bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, get in the HOV lane right. and, and just cruise. But, yeah. but even at that, sometimes, you know, yeah, you're going, you're going five, 10 miles in two hours. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Mm. <clears throat> so, so what is it that you do currently? Like what's your job title? So currently I'm a project manager for, um, an excavating heavy civil contractor. Um, that means that I, you know, I go out and try to find work. Um, I estimate jobs, uh, for the company, um, put together all cost accounting stuff for the, for the projects, you know, put together invoices, uh, for the, to the owner or to the engineering firm. And, you know, that's kind of like the, the, every, that's the, that's the title, right? You know, um, I do a bunch of other stuff from that. I do help out with, with survey, uh, when needed on, on projects. And I do, uh, I do help with, uh, safety items and coordinate safety, uh, topics and, and manuals and stuff like that too. I got a summer job working on a survey crew when I was like 16. Right. I think, you know, between school years and high school. And, uh, um, it was, I, I was not the cool guy, right. Holding the thing. Yeah. I was the guy on my knees all day. Pounding right. Pounding, pounding hubs and yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> not cool. Sure, not, no. not cool. That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, and my boss at the time had gotten a big job. We were doing work, reworking the ramps on I-90, like right around Ritzville. Mm-hmm. So we're talking oh, yeah. you know, mid nineties or, or early nineties yeah. when that happened. But yeah. Yeah. So the, so if you hit a big hole in those well right. that's what i used to tell people nowadays i just you know it's just because the, the ground sank in but um <laughs> it's probably because i pounded the steak in too far. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah it was fun i mean it was a fun job it, yeah. it was interesting to say yeah. the least i mean there's a lot more math that goes into that right. than i ever thought possible right. yeah yeah i think you know a lot of people don't realize how important surveyors are and now I know what a benchmark looks like. Right? right. And I've got one in my concrete slab in my backyard. Oh, perfect. A nice yeah. brass one. Oh, yeah. It's cool looking. Yeah. 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 We we find those, um, you know, kind of going back to the wife thing. We do a lot of uh, hikes to high mountain lakes and stuff, you know, and we get to see all those survey monuments, you know, all oh. over the place. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, go back to Lewis and Clark days, you know, and how they came across and how 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 could you navigate and you know find out where you were going you know and now it's just like oh it's just automatic everybody thinks oh well my house just went up and my house is on the right piece of property you know um yeah hopefully hopefully yeah that's what yeah that's what i'm saying it's uh you know i i think we uh i don't think we value the surveying side of things and and everything that goes into it and what an industry it is um you know, not just like I say, residential with housing and everything, but, you know, look at like a, look at like a, a Seattle or a Spokane and what they have to do to maintain everything and make sure the buildings are going where they need to go. 
Um, you know, surveying is, is, it's not just land surveying, right? You know, land surveying, you're figuring out where your property corners and everything is, and you know, you're doing a, a residential development. Um, but when you look at commercial surveying and you look at that side of things and look at what it takes to actually make sure the building is straight and it's in oriented right on the piece of property and, mm. you know, going from level to level up and up and, and making sure everything is right. There's so many more details into it from just, you know, setting up and like you say, putting a benchmark in the ground or pounding hubs for a roadway or something mm-hmm. like that. There's, there's way more aspects of it. And, and, uh, yeah, I don't like to say, I don't know that we value the, the importance of that right. as much yeah. as we should. Yeah. And then the first grader that comes by, right. Right. Just wipes oh yeah. Wipes. Out. Oh hell yeah. That's his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You put blue tops down and the, you know, the grader comes by and I I've been on road jobs before where that's what I've done. I put the hubs in and put the blue tops on that's finished grade, dude. Like all you have to do is skim that man. And then the paving's coming right behind it. What does he do? Oh yeah. It takes out like 400 (laughs) hubs, you know, I'm going, that's a little low, too low. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. So when you were in, uh, deciding to go to college, Mm -hmm. what made you pick, what was your degree in? So it's an engineering degree. Nowadays, they call it a construction management degree. Okay. Um, so I actually started out in architecture. Um, so, you know, how, how do you, how do you know when you're, you know, a senior in high school that this yeah. is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the days of that are, are gone. Right. I mean, n- nobody's working in the same career for 40 or 50 years anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would disagree, but for the most part, no, most people are changing careers five, seven, you know, eight times. Right. Um, when you're in a substantial business, uh, type, type setting. Uh, so no, I, I started out in architecture. Um, you know, I had always, uh, growing up, um, I had Legos and Lincoln logs and the construct sets and all that stuff. And I liked building things, um, in, uh, in high school, we were always, I was always into science and, and all that stuff, math and everything, you know, was always, I guess, easy for me. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, so when I went to the the junior college, you know, they like, pick a degree, you know, I'm like, Oh shit. I don't know. Um, something to do with math and numbers. And I like building things. And they're like, Oh, you're an architect. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. So sign me up for the first couple of years was, was everything geared towards architecture and, uh, you know, I got into the second year and we're making these balsa wood models and everything, you know, of houses and they're, they're teaching you about framing and, and all the codes and all that stuff. And, and I went to the teacher who was a local architect and had his own firm and everything, you know, and, and I said, okay, I love this. I love everything about it. I'm really digging it. What's job opportunity really look like, you know, later on down the road, where am I going to be? And, uh, and he, you know, he spells it out for me like, okay, well, you know, basically you're, you're going to, you're grunt and you're going to be doing all this shit work for probably like 25 years, <laughs> you know? And then at some point you're going to have enough knowledge and experience and everything to where you can go out and actually start your own firm. And then you're me and you're 65 years old, you know, and you're running your own firm and you got all these architects that are underneath you. And then they have all them, you know, it just keeps going down. Right. And I shook my head and I was like, this, that sounds like a shitty job. Like, Mm. I do not want to do that. And, you know, how much truth was in it? I didn't find out till later that he was, he was actually pretty honest about it. Um, 
when I started working for the commercial building company in Seattle, we had architects and structural engineers and everything on, and we would sit in the architect's office and go through, um, we were doing 3d modeling. So we would go through what's called clash detection and we would see the fire line pipe and how it's interacting with a plumbing pipe and the wall and all that kind of stuff. And I pulled one of the architects, junior architect aside one time. And I was like, how long have you been doing this? He's like, Oh, this is my, like my 15th year. 15th year and your name isn't on anything. Nope. Nope. I got that little cubicle over there. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, Oh shit. You know, that professor in college was right. You know, (laughs) like in 10 more years, he's going to have his name on the, on a door. Yeah. And then another 10, 15, 20 years, he's probably going to have his name on the building, you know? Um, So yeah, I started out doing that and realized that wasn't the gig for me. And, um, when I left California and I went to Bozeman, I actually started uh, in civil engineering. And my first couple of, of semesters there were actually in civil engineering. I was going after a civil engineering degree, you know, yeah. and uh, um, I got to the point where, you know, the calculus, um, you get to the point where they're they're talking about numbers that don't exist, imaginary numbers, <laughs> you know, and I think that was, that was third year calculus. And there are, and I'm just, I could not grasp, A, the concept of numbers that don't really exist, you know? Um, I, I can't, can't figure out what this I symbol is, you know? Two plus two is four, but what's this I do to it, yeah. you know? And I really struggled with it. Um, I ended up failing the first semester of it. And then I, uh, second semester around, I got a, a tutor that was a grad student, you know, in engineering and still couldn't figure it out. I struggled to get a D, you know, <laughs> and uh, so then I go into the my counselor's office and I said, this is not working out. And uh, the grad student told me, he's like, dude, you got to just hold out. You can you can get a D and pass, mm. right? D is passing now. And uh, he said, if you can just get this out of the way, fourth year of calculus, which is differential equations, is just like easy. It's, you know, it's elementary math. <laughs> and I'd heard that from several people. Like it was so easy. And I'm going, no, like I'm not going to waste another year of my life on this, this kind of stuff. So I went into the counselor and just told her, you know, I need something that all my credits will transfer to. Yeah. I don't want to lose any more time. And she says, well, there's another program in the engineering department called CET. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Sign me up. Like, that sounds good, you know. And uh, she's like, you don't want to know what it is, you know? And I'm like, no, but if everything will transfer, it's got to be easier than this, you know? <laughs> and uh, and that's ultimately where I landed. And the CET program, like I say now, is they, a lot of universities call it a construction management degree. Mm. They take all the basics of, of calculus, not getting into, you know, third and fourth year stuff. It's all the basic math stuff. And then they bring you in. Uh, different aspects of a construction company. I had business classes. I have accounting classes, finance stuff, you know, everything to do with how to run a business and how people get in trouble and, you know, all that kind of stuff along with the engineering, you know, we did projects just like we, like the civil engineers did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's how I finished, uh, up there. The biggest, I think, advantage of that was, when I graduated, I walked away with a job. I walked away with a you know five thousand dollars signing bonus, 
and, right. and a job starting today. And I had buddies that were in the CE department and they struggled to find jobs. Interesting. Um, so a couple of them ended up just staying around and getting their masters. You yeah. know, they're like, Oh, well, I like college so much. What's another couple of years? Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, that's, it's two more years of work experience that I'm going to get that you're not, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm out on that, that, that whole more college thing. Yeah. So, um, did you, did you have to get your project management professional? Like that's like a license or something, right? Yeah. Or a certificate now you can get a PMP. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a certificate that you can get. Um, I don't have it. Um, I do. I, <laughs> That's, that's where I was going with this. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. It doesn't, um, doesn't do anything for me. But I that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, so. so Son I, of a bitch. <laughs> I literally was trying to set him look, up. Look where he's, you are now. He saw through it. He knows, he knows my BS. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was just like getting, um, you know, it's like getting your, your license, right? Yeah. You know, um, we had the opportunity and to, to get the fundamentals of, of engineering certificate, your FE. Um, a lot of the guys would take it and cause that's the next preparation for your license. And I opted not to do it. Um, and the main reason was because the company that I was going to work for along with several others didn't require it and were paying me the same amount as the guy who had it. Mm, and I right. just walked out of there thinking that's not something. And, and I still think to this day, I, I don't have a license. I don't have my PE. Mm. Um, and I, don't intend to ever get it because um, I looked into and read too many horror stories about people that had it and there was problems and you know, the, the uh, they would get sued. And in some cases they were suing the family after the person who stamped the project died and they were going after the, the family for, you know, uh, damages for whatever, you know, the bridge fell down or, you know, whatever it was. And I just like, I don't want that responsibility. And, uh, yeah, it comes with a great pay raise and, mm. and a bunch of other things that, you know, that, that people, uh, you know, certain group of people enjoy and they love having that and they love having that stamp and everything. And, uh, I just chose not to get it. And then, like I say, I mainly because I went to work for companies that didn't require it. Yeah. So if we needed a, 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 a licensed, you know, structural engineer, uh, civil engineer, they would go out and hire one. So there's no need to have that in-house. Yeah, but there's no degree or license also that takes place of life experience, right? Right. There just isn't. Yeah. You know, um, I'm assuming that you probably know more than anybody that just goes out and gets their license Yeah. as far as running a project. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's always a balance of, of what I would say is book smart and real life, you know, experience yeah. smart. Um I think we all, I always run into it. You know, when I was working for the company in Seattle, um, we had several engineers fresh out of school, you know, and they're book smart. I'm not, I'm no, no denying that they can do the math that that book asked them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but to go and actually be on a project and to look at it and not just look at it for what it is today, but anticipate what's going to happen in a month now when we start, you know, cladding the building or roofing the building, or we're just doing utilities. What's the site work going to look like? Um, that kind of stuff you, you can't get out of a book. Mm -hmm. You need, you need the real world, you know, um, I, it kind of sucks sometimes learning experience of failing and, you know, getting your hands dirty in it to, right. to really learn it. 
Yeah, but it's not really failing. I mean, it is in yeah. the sense that it, it, it's for that it moment. Just either cost you more time or more money. Correct. Right? When you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when it's you know when it's not your money, uh, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's the company's money. I mean, who? Yeah. Who cares? I'll, I'll fail all day. <laughs> so, is a uh, project manager is that like the pinnacle of that degree plan? Is that like your career? Like you've reached the top, or is there still advancement that you can still go for? So, for me. The, yeah, this is this is where I'm at. This is like the end of the road yeah. for me. Like, um, not you know. I guess I should I, I shouldn't say it that way, probably, but because that's that sounds probably probably bad. But um, you could I could go to a larger firm. I just choose not to. Okay, I choose to stay more local, more small, um, and and not be with the company that that's, you know, that has several hundred dollars in revenue a year and, you know, tens of thousands of employees across yeah. the country or, or the world. Um, the first contractor I worked for was worldwide. Um, and you know, I could see that impact, uh, on the people, you know, first couple of serpent superintendents I worked with or, and under, um, you know, they're on their third marriages. They've got, uh, you know, eight kids and three different states and they're not even sure, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. what's going on. And so, um, <laughs> so the answer to that, I guess is there's, it's a yes and a no really for me. Yes. This is, this is the end of it. Uh, being a project manager is as far as, uh, I will, I will go, yeah. um, uh, you know, but, you you could be in my shoes and decide to go back to Seattle or look or look for a larger company and and work your way up and and be you know other companies the one of the ones that I've worked for you're at a PM and then you're a PM two and then you're a PM three and uh, you just keep going up and up and up next thing you know you're a, a CE you're a construction executive now you're one of the big bosses in the main office you know you don't physically touch projects yeah. you um you know you're looking at everything from ten thousand feet um and then you know maybe depending on how the company is structured you know you become ceo cfo whatever you know whatever it may be um president whatever mm -hmm. um but for me yeah no i i i'm content with where i'm at um and like i say staying more uh, with a smaller company and yeah. You know, um, having ownership in the company is a different thing, you know, having, uh, paying into the company and actually, you know, having a part of that, um, like stock, uh, yeah, for yeah. example, um, that's, that's kind of a different thing, but. And yeah. especially staying more local, right? Because a lot of people in your shoes that work for a bigger firm, they could be working in Arizona next week. Right. Well, right. So yeah, that, and that's what happened to me. Um, when we were in Seattle, we got done with, uh, the Fort Lewis McCord, um, uh, projects, those were kind of winding down, you know, we did a bunch of cough buildings and, and, uh, everything's winding down and it's okay. Where are you going next? And essentially I was kind of on loan from the group that was in Seattle. Cause that's where they were based. And then the, uh, federal group that does all the military installations. Right. So I was on loan there when that project got done, I was going to go back to the Seattle group. And then Seattle group said, we don't really have anything for you. There's no project that we can just send you out on. So the next thing, the next option you had was to just stay with the federal group and, and travel. And I was headed to 
you know, Virginia or North Carolina mm. or something like that. And I was, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not going to happen. And uh, so the buddy I was telling you about earlier who called me up, that, that's the same thing that happened to him. Uh, he was working for the same heavy civil contractor that, that I did. Same, you know, we, li- we worked in Nome together, and then I went to Hawaii. He stayed another year or so, and then he got the phone call to head down to Arizona. And he said, F that. I'm not heading to Arizona. Like he's a North Idaho, you know, coming uh, from Nome, Alaska. Right. I right? <laughs> <laughs> do the Christmas. We, the first Christmas there, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was 10, 15 degrees blowing snow. We had a, a window that leaked and there was a snow drift in our floor you know yeah to go so to go from there well it was it was even a a shock for me i mean i got i left the plane in october like i said in in nome and then went to bozeman got married and then went to hawaii and it was 85 degrees Mm -hmm. and i got off the plane going god what the hell is this yeah it's it's november you know i was thinking about that earlier when you said that but i thought oh well at least you had four days in bozeman it's kind of a transition maybe yeah it's a little bit warmer it was a little bit but yeah (laughs) <laughs> so that's yeah that's that's the thing and i you know a lot of the guys um that i worked with i still keep in touch with mm. and uh a couple of guys have left that company but there's still several that stay and you know you see their posts on on uh, social media and they're in virginia you know this day and then less than a year later they're in uh you know uh, Kentucky or they're in Nebraska mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just keeps moving. And some of the guys have families and they've adapted and they, that works for them. Um, up to the guys that, that I know a, a couple of them that did have families decided that after a couple jobs of moving, that it wasn't for them. Yeah, so yeah. they, they moved and they went and now they're in, you know, one place working for a contractor doing whatever and they don't leave. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, um, uh, one of the guys I, I know I know just moved back to to Bozeman or Bozeman area, Big Sky, and that's it. You know, he got tired of the moving around and went to work for another company, and now he's doing you know up stuff at like the Yellowstone Club. Yeah. So you know, um, it just depends. Yeah, it depends on what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I I want to ask you one more question. Maybe I'll wait till after the break, but we do got to take a break. Okay. It's break time. Break time. Jason and I would like to continue the quote of the week, and we need your help. Absolutely. Yep. What we want you to do <laughs> is submit your comments. Yeah, yeah. Give us a quote. And you can do it, I mean, almost anywhere. So right. uh, there's dadfactors at gmail.com, right? You can find us on uh, almost, yeah, pretty much any social media platform. Yeah. Right. Twitter, at dadfactors. Yeah. TikTok, Dad Factors, Instagram is mm-hmm. Dad Factors, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook is Dad Factors. Every, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, get a hold of us. Drop us a line. Um, we're trying to, of course, build like a, a base and uh, engagement is kind of how you do that. So, yeah. And yeah. if you have a good quote and you'd like us to use your quote, hit us up any social media platform you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Recently, I did this dry fast, and you don't realize how much your skin will absorb. Oh yeah, right. So I take a a hot shower, right, um, and I gain almost two pounds, right, just off of skin absorption. Like if you don't if you don't drink anything for you know like two days, your skin's like oh 
we're we, thirsty. It needs moisture. Yeah, we're thirsty. Right. right. But yeah, that's why I'm Hydration. curious. Yeah, so I'm curious is like head and shoulders or, you know, yeah. whatever. No, like you. I said, for for me, it doesn't affect me that way. Everything that, that I'm affected by is ingestion. It's it's the food. It's the it's the drink intake. Mm. And it's the... And so how old were you when you found this out? Celiac. Sorry. So for people that are listening. Yeah. So we're back, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, hey. I, 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 I kind of just hit record, you oh, know, gotcha. in the middle of this conversation we were talking about. Um, you have... Kevin, you have celiac celiac disease. disease. Is yeah, what it's yeah. called. Yeah, um, and for those who don't know, go ahead and re- explain that. Sure. Um, so celiac disease is a autoimmune disorder. Um, it affects your uh, lower intestine, uh, like we were talking about. You know, you have these fingers that are kind of in your lower intestine, and when they're standing up, uh, you're absorbing all the nutrients, the vitamins, and everything from the food uh, that you're eating. Uh, but when you are celiacs, those little fingers, um, I, I described them as like a sea anemone. Mm-hmm. If you look that up, that's kind of what they look like. Uh, they have collapsed. They are, they're falling over. And so when you eat something with gluten, uh, enough times, those villi, they fall over and you basically are, you know, your stomach is just tore up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first, very first sign that you have that, um, at least to start with a gluten intolerant or an allergy is, you know, diarrhea. Like every yeah. time you have something that has gluten in it, you struggle. Um, you know, some people it's right away within a couple of hours, just everybody's different. Right. Um, for me, it was always the next morning. Oh. And you know, like, like I was telling you, I, I would struggle to get to work because, uh, I didn't, I didn't know if I was gonna, you know, have diarrhea in yeah. five minutes or 28 minutes or, you know, whatever. And when it, when you felt like that urge, like I got to poop, <laughs> you needed to run to the so, shitter. So, um, so obviously you didn't know this in the beginning. Did Correct. you, did you start with an elimination diet? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I guess to answer your first question, when did, when did I, I got diagnosed, um, about two and a half years ago now. Um, but I would take it back like we were talking probably another couple of years before that I was having issues with, uh, afternoon fatigue mm. about one or two o'clock. I would just fall over and go to sleep. Oh, um, sometimes I was driving, so I would, I would feel it coming on and I would just pull over. Uh, there's multiple times that I would stop at the top of the pass. Sometimes it's a half an hour. Um, one time it was over two hours. Mm. and you know <laughs> just out, there racked out just out and so uh went to the doctors and everything you know they do a bunch of tests they're like oh you know testosterone and everything you know so that's at this point yeah. i'm pushing 40 you know so yeah. uh they're saying oh it's low t or you know something like that everything comes back fine and you know everything is where it's supposed to be i'm not diabetic everything's you know everything's fine uh you're you're normal you know um and then they I said, well, there's, there's gotta be something you push more, you push more. Cause a lot of the doctors just, you know, they, they want to do what they know, um, and do the minimum and then push you out the door. And I kept pushing and pushing doing research. Well, then I'm like, I ended up finding out that they didn't test for my vitamin D. Most people don't unless right. you request it. Yeah. And you have to request that. And that's an extra thing that insurance doesn't cover. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is super weird because it's related to all kinds of shit. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I said, let's go back to the doctor and ask for vitamin D. So we went back. He gave him the spiel. You know, it's not covered by insurance. You're mm-hmm. going to have to pay 130 bucks. Okay. But if that leads me down the road of recovery and figuring out what's going on with me, 
I'll pay it. No yeah. problem. So I did that. Uh, vitamin D comes back at seven. And for <laughs> Jason laughs because he knows uh, anything less than 20 is deficient, like extreme deficient. And I'm a seven. You should be in the 40s, 50s, right? So 20 is super low anyway. 20, yeah, 20 is low. You should seek medical help. Yeah, it's medical, medical grade. Like that's their definition of low. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, th- at that point, I believe you're covered by insurance, right? Uh, you should be under sh- certain sh- plans. Should sure. be probably, yeah. But we w- we were not covered by any of that, so everything was out of pocket. Yeah. And um, you know, at that point, it's doing a bunch of research and figuring out what to do. Okay, well, we're gonna pump you full of, you know, fifty thousand units of yeah. vitamin D a week. So I went on prescription vitamin D. Okay. For a year year and change pill form pill form okay yeah um and then you start to see the levels come back levels come back next thing i know I'm, um again this is a year and a half two years later i'm on uh get off the, get off the prescription and i'm on a daily 5000 ui uh, a day and i'm at 44 45 something like that and okay. the doctor's like yeah you're cured you know mm-hmm. and i'm like i still feel I still feel that afternoon drowsy, Mm. something's going on. And then, you know, again, this is where, you know, not, not just taking the doctor's word for it, but doing your own research, you find out things like with vitamin K, you know, if you're low on vitamin K, you can't absorb vitamin D, you know, and then you learn about that. Well, when they're pumping you full of so much vitamin D, um, it's not necessarily in your body, Mm -hmm. right? It's in your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're, drawing your blood and they're testing the blood and then they see how much vitamin D is in that blood, not how much your body has actually absorbed. So then you start looking at the, the grade or the quality of the vitamin D that you're taking. And you start to realize that it's actually not very good. The 5,000 units that you're taking is your body is only absorbing maybe a couple of hundred. And so there's, there's all this stuff you, you go into and you could go down the rabbit hole of this for, I mean, this could be a podcast for the next two and a half years, (laughs) but you get to the point where you just have to accept it and, and be like, okay, now I understand what's going on with my body Uh and I know where I'm at. Okay. And then you, you know, you go back to eating the foods and everything's fine. And then, uh, like I said, within a two week period of November, uh, 18, I went from totally fine eating whatever I wanted to, I can't eat anything and without being completely sick yeah. and then the acid reflux and, you know, just, it, it really onset from there, went to the doctor, you know, again, normal, all the tests, you know, and everything they can't figure out. Um, you know, we finally got your vitamin D on, on, on track and all these other things. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like 14, 15 months of, of that. And then they started telling me, you know, you need to take, you need to eliminate hot sauces and stuff. Cause I'm a, I'm a hot, I'm a, you know, a saucy I, man. I'm a saucy guy, you know, <laughs> I like it to where it burns, you know, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, do you want some fries with your ketchup you right. know, type of thing? Right. right? Um, and then they said, you know, you need to cut that out. Okay, fine. So I cut that out. I still got the acid reflux. And then, so I'm popping, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Pepsi, Tums, whatever antacids I can mm-hmm. get my hands on, you know, like their, uh, like their candy and nothing's changing. And it's every night it's up here in your throat. You're yeah. about ready to puke, you know? Yeah. 
and so Get that uh, that acid reflux so, cough. Oh yeah, a bit. so miserable. Hundred percent, dude. You're not sleeping. Yeah, it just snowballs. You're not eating. You're not, it's just yeah. No, because you don't yeah. know. So then you start to you know again start doing research, start talking to people. I started talking to friends of ours, uh, a buddy of mine that had something. You know, well, come to find out, he's got something completely different. Yeah. You know, it's it's affecting him completely differently um, from what I'm experiencing. Some symptoms are the same, but in in general, it's it's different. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired yeah. of feeling this way. I'm tired of the doctors not knowing what's going on. Um, so I'm going to go to, you know, the gastroenterologist yeah, yeah. and actually figure out it's something in my gut. Something's, something's just not right. And yeah, so they, they tell me, okay, we're going to, we think he, he said he, he kind of figured out, we knew, we kind of know what's going on with you before they even did anything basically based on the symptoms and the, and everything that I had told them I've been dealing with for a year and a half. And, uh, yeah, so they do an endoscopy and, uh, a colonoscopy. They take a bunch of biopsies and he calls me a few days later and says, uh, you know, are you sitting down? Oh God. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Oh God. <laughs> like I'm just, yeah, I'm sitting down. I'm at work, but, uh, yeah. you know, should I be calling somebody? Right. And he's like, no, no. He's like, uh, I just wanted, you know, to be sitting down. This is kind of, you know, news for people when, when I tell them. And, uh, he said, you have celiac disease and I'm in me, I'm in front of my computer. So I'm immediately <laughs> like, how do you spell that? You know, I'm typing it in and he's, and I'm like, what is that? And he starts to tell me, like you say, you know, these, these villi are, they're collapsed. And every time you eat something with gluten, there's no nutrients in they're being absorbed. Everything you're eating is just going right through you. It's, there's no absorption. There's no, like, how did you make it this far? You know, type of thing. And, uh, yeah. And then it's like life changing, you know? And of course I said to, (laughs) I said to him, I said, oh, okay. I was thinking it was like cancer or something. Yeah. You know, like I I started reading it on, 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 uh, online and, and it's, there's no, there's no cure. Mm. Okay. But the uh, treatment and everything, if you will, is to just not eat food that has gluten in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can handle that. Yeah. So that was like a, a Tuesday and uh, called my wife and, and uh, I actually, I think I waited till I got home. Um, I think, I think I wanted to break it to her face to face. You know, I didn't want to do that over the phone. Yeah. And uh, so I get home and Remember I tell how her, you like bread, <laughs> right? <laughs> that shit's gone. Um, so yeah, I told her what the doctor said and she's like, Oh, well, you know, what do we do? And I said, I guess we got to be gluten free from now on, you know? And so that by the weekend, we, we literally removed everything from the pantry, everything from the refrigerator, anything we, if we didn't know what was in it, we would, we would search it online and find out, Oh, guess what? Not only does it have a gluten in it because it has some type of wheat rye barley or Mm. something in it but there's also an allergen notification that it was processed in a plant that Mm. potentially you could have cross-contamination because of wheats or peanuts or you know whatever they list Mm -hmm. on the on the allergy uh deal and we pulled everything out of the cabinets and everything you know gave some shit away threw some other shit away and by the weekend that next week 100 percent gluten-free and you know way better feel way better. feel way better um n- not the urge you know like i say to have the diarrhea and 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 to just be sick and the acid reflux went away fatigue gone fatigue was gone um 
So I'm still on the on the uh, on the vitamin D, but that two hour, that two o'clock crash, mm. no, doesn't happen anymore. So yeah, so I got I got three things so far. Let's see if I can remember them after I start talking. Uh, Rhonda Patrick, do you know who that is, Doctor Rhonda Patrick? So she was on. She was one of the first people that came yeah. on Rogan talking about. Uh, she does like a lot of like cold therapy and like sauna mm-hmm. therapy, like research. Well, she also did research on COVID related to vitamin D oh, and people yeah. that got COVID really bad Correct. are vitamin D, D deficient. deficient. Yeah. 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 And so like I started taking a shitload of vitamin D right. after, after I listened to that. Um, the second thing yeah. is I, <laughs> I, I think it's funny. Like <laughs> if I was to call my wife and be like, Hey, guess what? We're gluten free. It'd be like, <laughs> what do you mean? We, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're gluten free. Right. Like don't go in right. the pantry. Right. God, <laughs> God damn it. But, yeah. uh, and then, and then the third thing is about, about 2018. I, I feel your pain a little bit. Like uh, they thought I had stomach cancer for yeah. a second. Yeah. And, uh, so I had to do all kinds of stuff like endoscopy. Right. So I go in, um, I think the first thing they did was like a swallow study. Mm-hmm. Right. So they go up through your nose and they go down your throat. Right. And, uh, the the girl goes <clears throat> she goes have you ever had this done before i go no but i've had like the i forget what they're called but they're like a a nasal airway for the military you know what that is at all no mm-hmm. so they they basically shove this tube down your nose so you can breathe mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> i said i've had that done before she goes oh yeah this is way different go, right okay and so she's like you're probably gonna gag and i go i've been promoted a lot <laughs> i don't gag Oh my God. Did I get, it was, it was horrible. Like, and I'm, when I throw up, like I'm a screamer. Oh, right. right. So, you're loud. Yeah. Like super loud. So, so like, I'm ah! sure, I'm sure people in the hospital were like, what the what? hell? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I had that done. And then I want, I went and got an uh, endoscopy done. So they put me under, you know, mm-hmm. well, when I'm, when I'm there, my wife was with me and she's like, they're like, okay, yeah, you just put it on this gown. Everything underneath comes off. Right. And so I'm looking at Jamie and I go, why would everything underneath come off if they're going <laughs> right. in my mouth? Right. I go, I'm wearing my boxers. And if I come out without them, like I know something. Else. Them. Yeah. Something went wrong. But uh, yeah. So they, they went in and took a bunch of pictures. Right. right. And so they give me my pictures, yep. but they don't talk to me afterwards. Oh. And they go, okay, the doctor will follow up. So they give me my pictures and there's, I don't know, there's probably like 12 pictures on the, on these like a little, little tiny pictures, right? Little thumbnails, right? Essentially, where they took a bunch of pictures all the way down, and uh, in the center of it was like this, just dark green black blob, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" So the nurse comes in, right? right? And I go, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time, and that's not good." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, well, like, can the doctor talk to me?" She's like, "Yeah, he's like already gone for the day, but." He'll, he'll get in touch with you. It was like a month and a half later, right? Oh, right. Right. And so she, but she was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not, not good. good. That's not good. And so right. I was telling Jamie, I'm like, if I have cancer, like, I don't even want to know. Like, right. I, I don't want to know. So we go and I'm like, if he comes in with a bunch of pamphlets and shit, like I'm walking out <laughs> right. of here. Like, well, you out. can stay. I'm not, I'm not yeah. sticking around. But he came in and he's like, oh no, we just forgot to turn off the light. Oh. Because they use like a, a certain type of uh, infrared or, or some kind of light. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, we just didn't turn off the light for that one photo. Oh. And I go, this fucking nurse right here, man, like had me scared <laughs> thinking I had stomach cancer for a long time. Yeah. But it was like a month Meanwhile, and a half later. she's got a bunch of pamphlets that are right. for the yeah. guy next door. Yeah. They're, they're all prepped, ready yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't wait that long. <laughs> oh. Yep. Towels over there. Rookie. So uh, this whole uh. conversation came up, by the way, in case you're just now listening or whatever. <laughs> Because uh, during the break, <laughs> what we'd been talking about, because Kevin brought up before the break, because I have whiskey on my bar, um, 
that it apparently tastes good if you chase it with pickle juice. And so I sent my wife to the store. Yeah. And she she brought back pickle juice right at the break. Right. And uh, it it was. It was really good, actually. But Jason needed something to like drink afterwards, and so I, I, I offered him one of these uh, hard seltzers that I have in my fridge. And then you know Kevin was like, "Oh, I could have one of those," um, because you know I I have this thing that's like an aversion to uh, gluten, and and immediately I'm thinking about myself like that's why I don't have beer in my fridge because right. I if I I didn't know what celiac disease was before you told me, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I have this like gluten intolerance where like I, I, I literally drink half of a beer and I have, I, it, it feels like the next day after you drink a case. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's the hangover type headache that I get. It's just pounding is terrible. Um, yeah. So I don't really keep beer in my fridge yeah. anymore now that that sponsor's gone. Uh, yeah. We used to have a sponsor, a beer sponsor. Oh, yeah. 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 That's but, cool. Well, not anymore. So, yeah, I going back to the headaches, I guess for you, um, that's what happens to my wife. So I guess I'll go back just a little bit to what Jason was saying about, you know, telling your wife that you're gluten free, you know, and (laughs) Hey, we're, we're in this together. Um, so she was already, she was already pretty much vegetarian at that point. Mm. And so we, uh, and it, and it, that stemmed from her sister coming into town, uh, one time full vegan, you know, and I, and I'm over there with the elk back straps and everything <laughs> on the Traeger, you know, and, and, uh, and she's just like anti, you know, and I'm like, okay, so is it because there's an issue with the animal, you know, whatever, or is it the treatment of, you know, because everybody hears about how chickens and, and cows are, are, yeah. you know, taking care of or not taking care of it at farms and mm-hmm. whatnot. You know, everybody hears those horror stories and, and that's her, that was her you know, pretty much point of it. And I said, okay, well this, I'm just gonna let you know this elk and this deer didn't suffer. You know, I mean, it was one shot and dead, you know? Um, so she had came out, visited one winter, we did a bunch of snowshoeing and everything. And, and so the wife decided, you know, after that point, she had done a bunch of research, you know, on meat and what it does to you and all this other stuff, you know, so plant-based diet for her. Well, I was still eating meat and everything at that time, you know, so now we're making two meals a night. Plus we have the kids, right? So now we're making three or four meals a night and it just got to be too much. Yeah. And so when we went, uh, when I told her, you know, I have celiacs, I I need to be gluten-free. It was, it was actually a fairly easy transition. Mm -hmm. And from that, then I just decided to go vegetarian as well. Because we could eliminate one meal at least, right? So we just kind of combined. She's borderline vegan, really. Yeah. Um, dairy-free butters. Um, I think really kind of eggs is the only thing that we eat. Um, that is, you know, animal product. Interesting. So, so no meat. Um, and then everything, like I say, regarding anything that has gluten with the wheat and everything yeah. else in it is all gluten-free. Um, and going back to what you were saying about the bread, you know, you'll find that gluten-free breads or rolls or buns or anything like that, they're dense, you know, yeah. whatever reason I haven't, I haven't figured it out. You put the damn thing in a toaster and it does not Brown, you know? <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I don't know if I've got an old toaster or something. I got that shit cranked all the way up to 11. I'll put it down and that piece of toast will barely turn any type of Brown color. I got to run it again before it darkens enough for me to eat it. But, but you put a regular piece of white bread in there, that shit catches on fire, Mm. you know? 
and I'm I don't know why it is. It seems like everything that's wow. gluten free breads. Uh, you know, we'll do hamburger buns and that kind of stuff. We do uh, uh, black bean burgers. You know, oh, stuff okay. like that. The veggie patties and stuff. And then, you get those at Costco. Those are so good. Uh, there's a certain brand there that we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another brand that we've tried before and we just don't like it. And then a lot of the stuff we make we make ourselves. Mm. So. Um, my, my wife's uh, plug to her. She's an awesome cook. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that she makes. Um, we do a lot with, t- uh, tofu. We do a lot with cauliflower. Um, she makes this sweet, uh, sweet chili tofu that is just, just crazy good. I could eat that seven days a week. Uh, she does these Buffalo cauliflower bites, you know, um, uh, the other thing she started making recently is, uh, pad thai. I, oh, love, okay. I love those buffalo cauliflower things. So, oh yeah, yeah. My wife um, started making those for a while, and I they're just they're so good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like eating a chicken wing. Almost, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, if you do it right, cauliflower with some Frank's Red Hot. Yeah, and that and it goes back to what we were talking about. You know, they told me to cut out all the hot sauces and yeah. stuff. I eat sriracha and Frank's. Yeah, you know they're gluten free. And I have no problem with them. So to go back two years and them to tell me, oh, it's the hot sauce and everything, that's what's yeah. causing the acid reflux. No, it had nothing to do with it. And another interesting, I think, for, for people that are listening that are that are thinking about it, the, <laughs> the antacids yeah. that I was taking for acid reflux, not gluten-free. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. maybe making your problem so worse. So making the problem worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting back there, like I said, just popping those things yeah. like candy. And and especially at night when I'm really having the problem, I'm laying down. I got four pillows yeah. trying to keep me up. So Yeah, they um, say you like get a wedge pillow and stuff. Correct. To try and help. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah. So I'm sitting over there and I got the whole sixty pack from Costco and I'm just <laughs> chewing on them. I'm, so then I started again do your research and everything and start looking into the thing. The brand that we were, that we were using, um, could not guarantee that it was gluten-free, that they're not, uh, there was no potential, uh, you know, cross contamination. Um, so we look for a lot of stuff. There's all the certifications now, uh, gluten-free certifications. They're stamped on everything. You know, your, your hard seltzer there, uh, will have a gluten-free, uh, either language, um, if it's gluten-free and they just have the language on it, um, it's not certified. Uh, so you have to be a little careful with that. But if it, it has a stamp on it, um, like everything else that has, you know, no dairy stamps and all that stuff, yeah. they're dairy-free, certified dairy-free. They'll have a, a, a stamp on it with that is uh, certified gluten-free. Okay. So so you're gluten-free. Yeah. Vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Dairy-free. Yeah. Anything else? Just a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's with, it. With those, with those. Yeah. What's happened to your weight? Um. Does so it stay the same. Went uh, down. Went up. So I, I haven't. <laughs> I, I hate it because. Uh, so I haven't worked out since uh, since 2018. Okay. Um. I, I shouldn't say that. I started to work out again, and then you know stresses of job and everything else that I yeah. I had I had to stop because I couldn't do it. Um. But yeah, no weight has definitely, I would say probably close to stayed the same. I fluctuate five pounds, you know, like probably most people. Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, if I work out then like everybody else, you know, I could drop some weight, Mm -hmm. um, which I think, you know, I always, I want to, um, but, uh, yeah, no weight didn't go drastically down or drastically up either way. I just, I hovered around the same weight that I was when I finished working out and everything. So like I say, plus or minus, uh, 
five pound little fluctuation here and there. Mm. Yep. Hmm. You ready to shift gears? Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. it, you got two kids? Three. Three kids. Yeah. Two boys? No. So uh, one boy, two girls. Uh, oldest is 18. That's a boy. And then 14 and 10, two girls. Wow. Yeah. Older. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 18, 14, 10. So, you know, my youngest is 10 right now. So I kind of know what that's like. Yeah. You know, but um, back in the day, my wife and I, and I say back in the day, it was when my oldest boy, who's almost 13 now, um, was just a toddler. I mean, still in diapers. Um, we started foster care and <laughs> our first placement because we wanted kids that were out of diapers, but not right. teenagers. Right? right. Our first placement was a 16 year old. Right. <laughs> and the state, the state was like, ah, whatever, we'll take care of you. you right. Know? And, uh, it, so that was a big adjustment you oh, know, yeah. going from, uh, well, we got one kid that's still in diapers to, Oh, now we have a 16 year old in the house right. that has problem, you know, issues of our own. Um, right. so it was very interesting, but, um, <clears throat> back to that. So, we we chatted a little bit during the break about this question I want to ask you. Yeah, and it's and so I'm going to tweak it a little bit. Um, so when you're teaching your kids like how to do chores, like how to mm-hmm. clean the bathroom, say, do you do you treat that like you would at, at work? Like, oh yeah, here? it's a job. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? it's full. It's full blown. Yeah, yeah. You have like We're, certain protocols. You're like, right. now listen, don't do this because <laughs> right. because. OSHA, OSHA. Yeah. right? Yeah. Don't be standing on the counter to clean yeah. the mirror because right. OSHA. Yeah, wear your hard hat. <laughs> right. I need a safety-toed shoes. Yeah, no, I, I, I think with the kids, um, probably I, I would say uh, the youngest. There was a there was a, a part in t- or a time where, um, you know, I I was working so much that you know his first five six years of his life I didn't have much impact in. You know, again, like we were talking, I was working seven days a week at some point. And uh, when we were in Hawaii, I worked all the way across the island. So, you know, travel time and the next thing you know, and, and he's ready for bed, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that was cool. Weekends, uh, when we did get them, you know, um, that that was the only time I got to, to really interact with them and, you know, and, and, you know, help be a mentor and everything and bring them up. Uh, and then, and then there's a point where, you know, probably in the eight year old range, you know, he wants to start seeing what I'm doing, uh, because I've got kind of a, a side hustle where I, I work on, you know, side by sides, ATVs, pretty much anything with a, a small engine, you know, lawnmowers and, uh, snowblowers and that kind of stuff. So he would come out, you know, I'd be working in my garage at the time. Now, now I got a full blown shop. So, uh, he would come out and it would be like, okay, well, what are you doing? You know? And, and you kind of want to show him you know, how to use a hammer, how to use a wrench and stuff and, and do it safely. So yeah, to answer the question, yeah, when they, when they're, when they're doing tasks, I, I look at it as, as if it's a, a task at work, it's a, it's a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> I, I just laughing cause I think about today, Kendall was helping me, uh, my, my middle daughter, uh, helping me, um, we're remodeling our house and I'm pulling cat five cable and everything, you know, and I need somebody, I got a little fish wire and I need somebody to help me, you know, f- pull the wire, you know, cause it's getting caught around the studs and, and, uh, you know, so just at that, it's walking through, what am I doing? What's the goal? What am I trying to do here? Uh, why am I doing this? Number one, you know, um, cause your mom told me to, <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, and then uh, <laughs> I'm actually choking. Inhaled uh, you know, kind of walking through the steps of you know, it, it may sound like it's a it's an overkill or something, but uh, you know, just the smallest of tasks. You you can you can make a small task just small, and it doesn't need to be a full blown big you know extravagant thing. But when you get to that extravagant thing that needs a little bit more discussion, maybe needs some more detail. You know, they're already knowing that that's that information is coming. Yeah. You know, um, and they already know probably some of the small stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the oldest daughter, too, she uh, has taken an interest into welding. So oh, really? Yeah. So um, and I do that in a lot of the stuff that I do. I fabricate stuff, um, you know, uh, chainsaw mounts and that kind of stuff for side by sides. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm in the, in the shop and I'm welding and she comes out and like, Hey, what are you doing? Well, well, I'm welding, you know? And Oh, well, you know, show a little interest in it. So I'm not going to, is she, you said she's 14. Is she in she's high 14. School? Yeah. Freshman. Okay. That's a yeah. great trade to learn. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah, so I, did, oh, I did four I, years of welding. Yeah. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. So did I. Do they, do they have metal shops still? Is that so they, they have a, a shop, which is way better than the shop that I had in, in high school. <laughs> I mean, they've got lathe CNC machines. I mean, oh. everything's like, you know, solid works, computer based. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, what? The, I learned coming on, home, making cooler shit than you can make right now. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day, so, if, if you could lay a bead that the slag would kind of just fall off right. afterwards, then you were good to go. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 She came out. Uh, let's see. It was, uh, I think it was last year. And, uh, you know, one of the tasks for one of the classes that she had had nothing to do with like any type of shop class. It was just, uh, show the students, uh, something that you're interested in, you know? So you have somebody who, you know, brings the piano to school and they're like, Oh, you know, I've been studying piano for three years and here, you know, let me play some Bach or mm-hmm. something. Uh, you know, then you have the, the instrument kids and stuff and, you know, somebody's interested in science. So they bring a, a science experiment or something. And, you know, so she comes out into the shop and she wants to build a metal stick figure. Yeah. And so we're in the shop bending metal. I'm heating things up with the torch and she's bending it into a, a head and the legs and the arms and every, and the whole nice. body. And then once we got it, you know, how she wanted, she's sitting there and welding everything together and then painting it. And uh, that she took that to school and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, you know, like you did this. Yeah. And so I took pictures and videos to show, you know the students and the teacher that, yeah, she actually did all this. Um, and then her next little thing just out of like on a whim was to build us a, a fire poker. Oh, nice. Uh, so she built us like a, a three, three foot long, maybe fire poker curved the in it. It's got a little hook in it. It's got a handle. She welded and everything, everything together, really? you know, That's awesome. yeah, he- heated it up. Bent it oh yeah. Bent it and everything grinds down yeah. the welds and everything. Everything's nice. And then like I said, painted that with some high temp paint and, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So That's super cool. And and so going back to it, you know, it it's a you could do a simple task as like cleaning the bathroom like we were talking, you right? Or you could take that and now now you're into a shop and yeah. learning how to like at school, operating the the CNC machines and and the lathes and all that stuff. She's yeah. come home with she built this little metal box. They have a break, so she taking the sheet metal uh-huh. and and breaking the the sheet metal. Um, so I'm just like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. We did not have that in high school. You know, (laughs) I feel like maybe I would have gone a different route if we did. Um, you know, uh, my going, you know, going back to family and stuff. My dad was a contract welder in the oil fields for 
20, 30 years. Oh, wow. You know, that's where he, that's where he started. Uh, you know, uh, didn't go to college or anything, just, you know, probably started when he was 15, 16 years old and took it up. And then by the time he's graduating, it was, you better find a job. So yeah. he took that on and, uh, he built his own, uh, welding rig out of a Toyota pickup and oh. built a flatbed and everything for it with all the toolboxes and, He'd drive out into the oil fields and weld pipe and everything. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Super awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, pretty amazing when you can just, you know, you're so good at your craft. You can just start something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's talent. And, and, and there are certain things like that um, that you, you, it's an art, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, welding is an art. Mm-hmm. Um I was trying to think of well, certainly to do it right, right? Know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, a lot of people can get the the cheap welders and do some homemade crafts in their yeah. in their garage, but yeah. you know, will will it, it stand the test terrible. of time? There's pop burns <laughs> all over. Oh right, because right. you know, they didn't have the temperature <laughs> burn, set burn right. Burning holes in the metal and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I've I did a little bit of welding after high school. I I worked in a muffler shop, which oh, is it's weird. perfect. It's yeah. weirdly weird to to try to. Weld a new thin piece of metal onto an old thinner thin, piece of metal, right. metal you know, that, that may not even have a good ground on it. Right. You know, it's, it's oh, yeah. just, it was really weird, but you know, you, you make it work. And there was a couple times maybe where I had to go to my boss and be like, Hey, I just keep burning a hole in this right. pipe. I can't, right. I can't do it. And he's, and he's like, Oh, it's just like this. And he yep. weld it up. But yep. yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's harder than it looks for sure. It is to do it right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 18, 14, 10. Yeah. Uh, career guidance for your kids. What are you What are you doing in that aspect? So, I would say the career guidance part of it is um, well. First of all, I say I I haven't pushed any of them for college. Um, yeah. uh, the oldest and I have had a talk where um, for him. Uh, you know, it's been more towards trades. Yeah. You know, the HVAC, mechanical, uh, the the electrical side of things, the plumbing. Um, you know, those are those are kind of jobs that we're always going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this right now, and hopefully it stays true. But I don't know that a robot can do it. Yeah. You know. Um, so so that kind of guidance there is you got to find something. And I understand again going back to my where I felt I was at 17, 18 years old. I can put myself in their shoes and say. I'm going to try something, but it may not be a career that I'm going to be at for 30 years. Well, you know, you know they say if you're going to fail, fail young. Right. Right. Like fail before you have well, a family and that's, a wife and kids. Right. And responsibilities and stuff. So fail young. I, I told him that about girls. Yeah. Like you, you know, 14, 15 years old, dude, you need to start asking girls out. You need to learn to get rejected uh-huh. because when you get to the point where you're, you know, 20, 22, 24, whatever, and this girl that you just met might be the one. Yeah. You already got that rejection, what that feeling feels like. Yeah. That that shit's already down. You know, you you're you you've already climbed over that hill and it's easier for you. Yeah. So I feel like it's the same thing with a career, job, whatever it is. Get the rejection out of the way. Um, you know, and then that way when that one job comes up that you're like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm then you have already got that figured out. Well, I go back to the the story of you and the architect, 
right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to school for something, but you didn't know like the actual outcome of the career right. later in life, right? Until right. you actually talk to somebody. Right. Uh, when I joined the military, it was a similar story. I was 18, getting ready to head off to basic. I was a week away from leaving, right? And they're like, hey, do you want a job shadow? I go, yeah. And so I go out actually out here to Fairchild, right? And they put me up with this E6 in the military. And he's like, hold on. So you haven't left yet? I go, no. He's like, don't fucking do it. I go, (laughs) go, what? He's like, pick a different career. Right. He's like, stay Air Force, pick a different career. And I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. He did. He did. He did. But yeah. yeah, it's funny when you, you know, when you actually start researching like the actual job portion, which Correct. most people when they go to college don't do. They don't. Yeah. They and don't. So they have this dream I, of what it could be, you know, right. an architect. I want to build my own building. I want to have my name on that building and stuff. Right. But they don't realize that it's going to take them 35, 40 years of, right. you know, yeah. doing grunt work to get it there. I so. think that's why you've got a lot of kids coming out of college with a bunch of debt and then they come out into a job that. There is no job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it. Right. But yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, um, if you're getting a degree in social work, you got to have a master's degree, first of all, to get like a job, a real job somewhere. And then you're at that point, you're making, you know, barely enough to make ends meet when you get a job out of college and you owe all these student loans for a master's degree. Yeah. You know, Yeah. which if, if people didn't owe student loans, like I did, you know, which I just recently paid off, but um, it's a lot of money. Right. Yeah. You don't realize how much money it is when you're a kid. That's the thing. Like, right. You're just sounds like like a problem for future Jason. Yes. Right. Like mm -hmm. he'll figure it out. All I got to do is sign here and you're going to give me money. Cool. Oh, and you get a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sign, sign here for this credit card. We'll give you a t-shirt. Yeah. And Um, a big, a big finger. Yeah. 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 That, that's one thing I would, I would, I think that, uh, that we fail at, you know, um, look in, it's easy to look back at it now, you know, 40, almost 45 years old and say, you know, I didn't get taught any of that stuff. I didn't even have the opportunity for that. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest thing was credit cards yeah, or loans. Yeah. You know, it's like, you didn't even know what that was. Yeah. And here you are, you know, again, if you're, if you're coming right out of high school and you're 18, 19 years old and you know, you're at the at the sub at college and they're passing out credit cards and oh dude we'll give you 2500 bucks uh, and the next thing you know that that limit of 25 goes to 5 grand and 10 grand cuz you are good at charging yeah not so good at paying off <laughs> right yeah. and and that's what that's what that's really what that's really what uh credit and a good credit score is yeah. right we learned that yeah. credit score having an 800 credit score doesn't mean you're necessarily good at paying things off. Yeah. You're good at having good debt, right? Well, you're, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're good at paying the minimums on correct your debt. Yeah. on yeah. time yeah. on time. You're, you're an on time payer and you have good, you're, you're taking on the debt. Um, but we didn't learn any of that stuff and looking back at it now. And, and I guess that, <laughs> I know my kids hate me for saying it, but I talk about money and I talk about math. Mm. That's like my two things that come up all the time in my household and they hate it. Really? Yeah. Because math is everywhere. Yeah. Right? If you well, want they, say, they say it's a universal language. It is. Yeah. Okay. You can't go anywhere without there being some type of math, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't figure out your miles per gallon without mm-hmm. math. You can't figure out sales tax without math. Mm-hmm. There, it's just everywhere. Okay. Um, 
you know, we, you we're can't talking figure about out how bad you're getting banged on your paycheck without <laughs> Matt. without yeah. Matt. You know, <laughs> oh, we, I figured we, that out. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've got guys that you know that 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 uh, struggled to figure out, you know, how much am I really making an hour? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, well, you know, how how many hours did you work last week? Oh, we're forty two hours. Okay, well, what does your paycheck say? Oh, I made fourteen hundred bucks. Okay, well, you know, do the math. <laughs> this is what you made. Yeah. Okay, you know. Um, Figuring gas right to drive. Right, yeah. Which is becoming a big concern right now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think a lot of people um, don't take into consideration all the indirect costs that happens with life, mm-hmm. right? You think, okay, well, I make, I take home $5,000 a month, let's say, and you know, I have a mortgage that's this amount. I have everything else that's this amount. You know what those costs are day in and day out, month in, month out, mm-hmm. right? Right, but power it's all, bills, cell phone. Yeah, all that everything. stuff. Everything that's fixed, right? Those are all your direct costs. You, you've you got those things figured out. But it's all the little hiccup things that come up. The gas price goes up 40 cents a gallon. Well, you didn't budget for that, Yeah. right? You budgeted for 250 a gallon, not 290 a gallon. Yeah. And you're putting on, I mean, I was driving sometimes... Uh, you know, again, company vehicle, but I was still driving sometimes 200 plus miles a day. And just depends on where the job was at and where my home was. From when I leave home, I go to the office, I go to a job, that job's 38 miles away. Well, now I got to double back and I got to go up to another job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there could be times where I'd put on a couple hundred miles. Well, that's a tank of fuel. Mm. And so when you look at it from your own budgeting, you know, uh, your household income, and, and how to survive and how not to be in debt, you need to think about all the other stuff where, um, just like we were talking during the break, you know, you might have a medical expense, expense that comes up that you didn't think about, you know, yeah. um, you know, you, you thought it was covered by insurance, but the vitamin D, oh, by the way, it's yeah. another $130. And, you know, you didn't take that into consideration. And now what are you going to do? You're going to charge it on your credit card. You're not going to pay it off. You're just going to pay the minimum. You know, you got a couple of thousand dollars racked up and they want 20 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, um, so, sure. so 20 bucks a month. Right. Sure. I'll give you 20 bucks a month for the next 30 years. Right. Sure. Um, so math comes up. And then, like I say, money comes up because, Money makes the world go round. Yeah. Try to do something without any money. Mm-hmm. It is physically impossible. Yeah, I listened to, uh, what's his name? Dan Pena. And I don't know if he's known as like the $7 billion man or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's like, anyone that says money can't buy happiness doesn't know where to shop. He goes, right. he goes you know, if you want to go save the world, do it with money. He goes, it's a right. lot easier to save the world if you have money. Sure. He's like, it's next to impossible and no one's going to listen to you if you're broke and you say you want to save the world. Right. I'm like, that's a very interesting aspect on life. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. But I'm so, I mean, I'm pretty worried about, you know, what the future holds for my kids, right? Sure. Like, especially in this area, to afford a house, they're not getting no entry level job and right. being able to buy a house right. like it used to be, you know, like, but, I mean, rewind. 40 years ago, a guy could go provide for his family where his wife didn't have to work. Now it's a rarity. Most of the time it's a, you know, a a team effort to just make ends meet. Sure. You know, so I mean, picking a degree that you have to go get or a trade that you have to go get and hoping that, you know, I I don't know. I feel like we're going to be like Japan here soon where it's just going to be multi-generations living in a home. Because, and, well, even well, like rent right now in yeah, this area is, you know, six, seven hundred dollars 
a thousand dollars more than a house payment is. Yeah, well, right. I, my uh, I have a family member that lives in a studio apartment, fifteen hundred dollars a month. Right. A studio yeah. for yeah. a studio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That. And I've heard they've gone up, but I was going to rent this um, uh, like uh, twelve hundred square foot townhouse um, when I was buying this house. Uh, because there was going to be like thirty days overlap, right? Right. And and the rent at the time was like two thousand dollars a month. Well, that's literally what I'm paying for my for the mortgage. mortgage. Like, right. I don't, you know, and I would have had to lock in like six months or something. And I'm like, no, right. just keep yeah. that. I'll figure it out, you know. But yeah, it's but as it's far as crazy. a kid, as far as a kid starting out, like eighteen, wanting to move yeah. out of your house, where do well, you move to? Even, yeah, if you're, you yeah. even if you're married, right. and be, you're like, both be like you, working. pack up your truck and go live on some public land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even, if even if you're married at that age and you're both working, and but it's entry level jobs, right? Um, you're still not going to be able to afford a mortgage, let alone no. renting somewhere yeah. in this area. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. here. Yeah, you, I mean, you might be able to move. Like I, South Carolina is pretty cheap. Tennessee, right. you know, like yeah. those areas I've heard yeah. so far. Parts but of I, Texas, yeah. Parts, parts. Yep. yeah. Parts. 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 Yeah, some. because they said like the you know the Great Migration from California had like the price of living in Austin has like doubled in the past few years. Yes, right. and big companies right are moving to Texas. Yeah, right. You know, like same Rogan thing even said, here, like right? it saves him like twelve or thirteen million dollars a year in taxes. Yeah, just to move to Texas. Yeah, enough where you could buy a, a mansion just in tax savings. Right. Yeah. yeah. God, Crazy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the same thing's gonna happen. You know, Amazon, Tesla's moving here. You know, like, yeah, all these jobs are getting created. Mm-hmm. Where Where are people moving to? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's gonna be. Not just here, but there's other places where it's going to be tough for the, you know, the middle class people. I mean, it's already tough, right? But it's going to get continue to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And and and, I, and like I say, that's why I talk to them about that. They again, they don't necessarily like it because I probably talk about it too much. But I'm trying to get them geared towards something that I didn't get. Yeah, you know, and and try to teach them how to save. Yeah, you know, so we've been doing this for the kids for years, you know, they get money from their grandparents, you know, Uh for Christmas or their birthday or whatever. And when I was a kid, uh, it was 50, 50. So as soon as I got, you know, I got a hundred dollar check, which probably never really happened, but it sounds good. (laughs) Uh, I got a hundred dollar check from one of the grandparents. My dad's like, no, you didn't, you got 50. Yeah. You know, because the other 50 is going into a savings account that I never knew existed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, going back to moving from moving out of California and getting up to Montana, that's the money I lived on. Oh, you know, okay. I traveled on money that I didn't even know existed because uh, when I left, he's like, you know, how access to your account. This is all the money you've been saving, yeah. you know, since you were five, six years old. Probably when I was born, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, the grandparents are always given, you know, yeah, birthday yeah. money and, oh, it's Easter, you know, here's another $20. And mm-hmm. I never saw that money, you know. Um, my, in, and the wife and I always go back and forth because, we, you know, everybody talks about your childhood. Like, uh-huh. you know, your childhood was different than mine. Yeah. And the wife and I are always like, man, our childhoods were completely different, you know. Mm-hmm. She came from a divorced home. My parents were, you know, still together, right? Mm-hmm. And 70, eight years old. Mm. Um, 
and uh, just the upbringing. And you talk about, you know, what were you like in high school? I'm like, yeah, we would never have hung out in high school. <laughs> you know, we were completely different people, uh, you know, but then you grow up and things change. And in yeah. college, we were we clicked and we've yeah. we've been fine ever since. So um, for our kids, like I say, we, we put their money aside and we've got to the point actually now where they not only do they get the the split from grandparent money or birthday money or whatever it is, because sometimes they, you know, I've had my oldest say, I don't want any presents. You know, he's 14, 15 years old. And he's like, like, I'm saving up for a new rifle. Yeah. So no, I don't want an Xbox, yeah. you know, try to tell grandma, no, don't spend the thousand dollars on an Xbox one uh, or yeah. whatever it is. And, uh, you know, so they get some money instead. So he'd be like, all right, cool. I'm going to put $200 into my, you know, gun account or whatever. And, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to have a hundred dollars or $200 spending cash and, mm -hmm. you know, so getting them to, to realize that you have to save some money, you know, it's the whole, you know, adage of a rainy day fund and all that stuff, but it goes beyond that of, of preparing yourself well, I mean, just learning how to save is a skill in itself. Correct. Not very many people in today's climate know how to do that because you can buy so much stuff on credit. Right. Right. And so. Um, well, and simply just learning that I need to put X amount of dollars in savings, a percentage or whatever of what I earn, whether it's from grandparent money or mowing lawns or whatever right. as a teenager. Um, you know, just learning that I need to put this amount aside. Yeah. Um, versus okay, this is what I actually have to work with Right, um, is huge, huge. Yeah. It's paramount. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I didn't learn. I certainly didn't learn that growing up. Right. It took me, you know, 30, 40 years to learn something like that. Right. Well, I mean, once you start researching like the power of like compound interest when it comes to retirement, like all the benefits are when you're young. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, put that money in early, man, and then yeah. just let it ride. Yeah. Don't look at it. Most people have no I mean, idea and they don't even think about retirement until they're like in their mid thirties. Right. You know, and right. that's when they start saving and you lost all this time. And that's, yep. that's your biggest asset is time. Right. Mm -hmm. so, right. And you think about when you're, you know, when you're five, 10, 15 years old, you don't, you're not doing anything like we were talking about, like, you know, you don't have a monthly mm -hmm. uh, mortgage or you're not paying a bill. So those are the times to really start capitalizing on that yeah. investment. And, you know, the the problem obviously being is the parents have to do it, mm -hmm. right? And there's no five-year-old that can walk down to Wells Fargo yeah. and be like, hey, you know, I got I got 50 bucks from selling lemonade. I want to uh, put this in an investment account. Yeah. You know, the parents have to step up and do that. You What's know? funny about that is my, my ten, now 10-year-old, 10 when he was six, for his birthday, guess what he asked for? He he wanted number one on his list, four hundred one k. Right, that's what I want. I want a 401k. Planning for the and future. This is my little like. I call him little Elon Musk, right? Right. But, because he's like a genius. But um, he he and hit number two on his list, gold bars. <laughs> so, so you want you want a retirement account right. and you want to invest in gold. Is that yeah. what you're telling me right yeah. now? Because. Retirement account and pirate. Because I'm going to switch nice. some of my stuff over right now. Yeah. Just... Whatever you're telling me that you want, I want in on it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just couldn't figure out if maybe he could see the future right. or, right. you know, he was just, I, I didn't even know how he knew what that stuff was. I go, dude, you don't even know what a 401k is. Right. And he's like, yeah, I do, dad. It's a retirement account so I can retire and actually have money. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. At six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like the education is, is so much different now. You know, you can get 
like at work all the time, I get sucked down like a YouTube rabbit hole, right? It could be on anything like finance or right. I don't know, whatever, but, um, invading Mars, whatever. Yeah, sure. But, uh, I mean the, the you know, if you would ask a, I don't know, 60 year old guy right now and they say, I didn't know about retirement because no one told me, well, your excuse now is it's gone. right? Right. Like you're, there's, there's no excuse. So, I don't know, like the tools today that kids have, like to research careers that I didn't even know existed, oh, yeah. or, or like how to save and and, and stuff like that. It, there's it's so much better today than it was when. Yeah, I was what growing. does this degree look like in the job market? Right, yeah. right, type of thing. I mean, oh, you, you can, can you can even look up how much like a degree is worth in like, your yeah in your area. Um, you know, you can look at different states. You can figure yeah. out okay, what is a project manager with 17, 20 years experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are they making in North Carolina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they're only making $112,000 a year. Okay, yeah. well, I'm in California and I'm making 150. Yeah, yeah. So, but then you got to look at cost, cost of living. living yeah. I mean, you know, Taxes, there's, yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of different factors in there. And then, you know, there's there's lots of other things to think about when you when you get down to it. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. So trades is what you're, at yeah, least I mean, the oldest. Yeah, I think, I think, um, for him, especially, you know, there's some, there's some factors and details, uh, well, I won't go into, but for him, yeah, that, that to me is, is, is for him is, is something that, uh, that I think you could go into, he could excel at. And then the biggest thing is for the guys that are going to college, they're tied up for four years. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've heard many people say this is, you know, going into the trade, you're coming right at the bottom. Yeah, I get it. You're going to have to scrub floors and you're going to have to glue pipe together, you know, whatever it is. But in three or four years, when that college kid is graduating with $80,000 in debt and you've got four years experience on, on him already, you're going to surpass him. Well, I can speak and to no this directly. Yeah. yeah. And no debt. Right, like yeah, I, it, I, no I, debt. As long as you don't, you know, yeah, need to buy a, a brand new Dodge Charger yeah. police interceptor. Yeah. Keep up with, <laughs> keep up with the Jason. It, yeah. yeah. You got to keep up with the neighbor, you know, and, and everything that he's buying, then we're all doomed. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I can speak to that directly. Most employers prefer experience to some kid that like college essentially proves to an employer that, you know how to learn, Mm -hmm. right? Like you know how to learn general education because that's mainly what college is. Unless you go into something super specific, mainly you're just learning how to learn. Well, I mean, experience, especially if you're like in a pointed career field, right? Where like, this is what we do. Experience is, is key. Right. Not knowing how to learn. Right. So I would much rather take the experience. That's just like we talked about, like just having that, Oh, I know that I already failed doing this, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. Right. Is paramount to yeah. any sort of degree or certificate mm-hmm. that you can get. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, trade. I I mean, I've said this before, but like they they say that you should go for a trade unless like you have a, a specific degree plan right. because if all else fails, you can always fall back to your trade. Mhm. Right? Yeah. It just makes so much sense to me. So yeah. much sense. Yeah. Well, you come out and, you know, you're in some type of trade that, you know, heaven forbid we get to the point where robots are, I mean, robots are already doing, you know, miraculous things, you know, obviously, but you get to the point where you go to a brain surgeon and it's a hundred percent robotic and there's no person involved in it. Um, 
you know, what, what does the brain surgeon fall back on? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a huge extreme. I get it. Better, but, better hope you know programming or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, uh, just, we were talking again with the middle daughter, you know, she comes, uh, back and she's got this little certificate from the school and everything that she's, you know, some software, you know, certified, right. It's uh-huh. just a little thing, but it's, it's obviously important to them and, and it, yeah. it but they're already going into computer programming. Yeah. You know, well, uh, I know my, my eight year olds in coding, right? Like she's on her second thing of coding. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, she's making video games. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm yep. like, it's fairly cheap. It's not. It's not super expensive, but, uh, yeah. I mean, she she loves it because right. she can be like, "Look what I made!" And it's right. essentially like the last game she made was like that uh, Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird, yeah. Like a Flappy Bird game. Yeah. Right. And I was like, "That's yeah. super cool, man." So, I mean, it, well, it's like Elon Musk just said. Um, by 2050, he expects that most Americans, for the cost of a small car, will have a robotic butler in their house essentially you know where um it it comes in and it recognizes objects and where things are supposed to be and if they're out of place you just say butler go ahead and tidy up and they (laughs) put it back where it's supposed to be you know what i mean and that is where we're going yeah as a society this which is, is does anybody remember the will smith movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, robot. I robot i robot yeah, yeah. well he, he mean, did say that I mean, he spoke on. on that he yeah. said he said that um you know it's gonna have to have redundancies one um where it wouldn't have the capability to wirelessly update right you would have to do updates manually like with a chip oh, okay and um he said that it would have some sort of fail safe. Now I know they had that in iRobot. They right? had right. the exact, the exact same where, thing. Where yeah. the right. person would say stop, stop, stop or something. Right. And, and it would just what stop. Happened? Didn't the face start glowing red or yeah. something like oh, yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Like number they, Johnny they, five, they, right? They, back oh, in the yeah. day. Johnny five alive. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets no, evil disassemble. face. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Oh man. That was, I'm telling you that some of those movies. What movie was that? I don't even remember. Uh, um, uh, now I'm going to have to look at, but they made several of them. Uh, uh, Steve, yeah. Gu- Steve Gutenberg was in, was in the first one and, and like most movies, most sequels, right? The first one was the best, but right. you know, they get to the point where they end up making a bunch of them and they go and try to attack him and mm-hmm. they pull him apart, you know, and he's like, Johnny five alive. Yeah. No, disassemble. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie was the, was the, the girl in there. Yes. I can't remember the actress, yes. but yeah, just stuff mm-hmm. like that, man. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, Terminator, um, except with the yeah. exception of Terminator, right? Because Terminator right. Two was by far, I think, the best Terminator. Oh yeah, did. yeah. Um, there's there's been a couple, I think, but yeah. But I mean, as far as robotics taking over, man. I mean, good God, like go to a bank and try and find a teller. They're not nearly as prevalent as they used to be. ATMs no, took over, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, car manufacturing, right? Yep. Welders and stuff. Machines yep. can do it better, right? Um, yeah. I mean, Tesla created that Gigafactory in Texas, right? And They've got essentially what they call the machine that makes the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all automated. Yep. Yeah, all of it. Well, look at Amazon and all their uh, yeah the, robots. The, the robots. Do, did you see the, the guy who got caught in the middle of them? You know, he couldn't get out because the robots are going like this, and they're they ended up blocking him in. And he was a he's an Amazon employee. He, he ended be up better, posting better at Frogger, man. Right. That's what I was yeah. thinking. He he'd, he'd run he he'd run down a down a uh like a hallway yeah. right which it was between a bunch of their shipping robots and oh like dude i'm gonna get out here and next thing you know that one would step up and block him off because they're all moving yeah it's yeah. like 
It's like, uh, well, like, and you want to, you don't want to have that hindsight where you're like, I should have jumped on that log. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, cashiers oh, are, yeah. are going away. Yeah. Uh, uh, waitresses like are, are definitely put on notice right now. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, waiters, yeah. waitresses. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're already doing like the, you can pay here, you go to McDonald's and you order on a screen, yep. you know, and. Yeah, I don't know. Which everybody yeah. thinks is super cool right now. Well, well everybody thought self-checkout was super cool. Yeah, exactly. And now there's like two effing lines open at Walmart yeah. at any right. point. You know? When yeah. you want to actually talk to somebody. Yeah. Where, you know, or you, you go, don't want to scan a whole cart full of shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you, <laughs> yeah I'm going to give it to somebody else yeah. and make it a minimum wage and let them scan it. Most of those self-checkouts are limited, like 30 items or less or whatever. I don't think and, so. No. Um, no, I don't think so. A, a lot of them actually are. There's what are they going to tell you to go somewhere else? Uh, right. Exactly. They're not going to tell you. <laughs> if you have you double the amount, say, they're not going right. to say. You know, hey, brutal you if go. you scan 30 and they're like, okay, you're done. You still got right. 20 you're items. You're over your limit. Not getting the gluten free bread today. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's regular hamburger buns. Oh yeah, where do you <laughs> right. shop at? So, um, several places actually, and yeah. and I guess that's what I was saying earlier. You know, to to be uh, celiacs or you know a really gluten intolerant, um, not just you know like we were talking about riding the wave of the fad or yeah. whatever. Um, to be that uh, fifteen years ago, you would struggle. Yeah. Um, but now there is a variety of, of stuff. I mean, uh, so, um, you know, Fred Meyer's gluten, um, uh, <laughs> grocery outlet, uh, there's natural grocers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody has something of gluten free. Um, the, the thing that kind of sucks about it is that, uh, especially right now with the supply chain issues, mm. um, you'll go to one store that you normally got this type of gluten free bread or, um, I mean, we struggle with, uh, with the, uh, veggie patties, you know, uh, like at Costco or someplace, um, we found the brand that we like, and then you go there and sold out. there's none, Yeah, you know? Um, so it, it, it makes it difficult. Um, you know, the wife has to go, uh, to several places sometimes and it's, and Costco isn't like Walmart in that aspect where they'll just have like an empty shelf. This is where it's supposed to be. Oh, no, Costco they just they'll move something else in, in place else. of it. Yeah. Right. And you don't oh, yeah. know if they're ever getting it back. <laughs> Correct. Right. Oh, I mean, like yeah. I say, I, I worked at Costco for uh, between California and, and Montana for four, four or so years. And I did everything from, you know, I started out collecting the cards. So that's your first time, you know, mm-hmm. your first job there. Did it as a seasonal employee and then. Um, you know, they ended up keeping a couple of us after the Christmas New Year's rush. And then uh, that's when the gas stations were just starting to come out. I got pushed out to the gas station. Uh-huh. I would run around town and check every uh, the local gas stations. They give you a, you know, two mile, three mile radius and they tell you all the gas stations to check. For you know, prices? For prices, yeah. So I'd run around and then uh, I would document uh, this person's at 225, this person's 228, you know, whatever. You go back, you log all that information into the computer and they tell you what the price is going to be for the day. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I started out doing that and then uh, that's about the time, you know, bagging and all that stuff, right? And uh, stocking uh, the shelves and then I went, uh, that's when I moved to Montana and then ended up... Uh, actually stocking the freezer and the cooler, running the forklift, and then became a cashier. 
so yeah, I know I know all about putting the stuff on the end caps and how we'd move his stuff around mm-hmm. and you know oh, the, this, the this little supplier hasn't sent us anything in right. a month. Oh, so we're out. We'd get that every day. Every day it's moving stuff around. Um, you know, this particular item was on an end cap because we're we're, propon- we're promoting it, you know, whatever it is. And then the next day it's rotated around, you know, and next thing it's in the aisle because we're going to kick something else out. And then you look at the items with the little asterisk, right? So that's a discontinued item. Yeah. That's not going to be there anymore. If you like oh. it, you better buy every single thing that's there because <laughs> it is no longer going to be there. Um, yeah, so you'll yeah, start right. to see those things, you know, full pallets of, uh, you know, whatever it is, batteries, you know, and you'll see them up on the on the racks. And then as the item gets used up and then they say, well, you know, we didn't make the profits that we wanted or there's a new item that's going to come in and replace that. You know, you'll start to see those pallets getting used and used and used. And the next thing you know, it's got an asterisk next to this to the item number. And now that pallet is down to four or five and then they just take it and they'll put it on, you know, on the next pallet over. Right. Yeah. So, so and then, and then so they, they don't move it actually over. put the asterisk on there until they know they don't have enough product to replace to the, to the point. Yeah. To the something. point where it's getting discontinued. Mm. So yeah, we, we used to go in there. I'm trying to remember the product that we got and, uh, it, I, I, I can't remember it, but, uh, Man, we got to used to eating it and and buying it all the time. I'm like, this is great. You know, I love these chips or, you know, whatever it was. And the next thing you know, you're like, shit. Yeah. It's well, that, got an asterisk on it. happened to us with it. like a certain kind of popcorn. Oh, yeah. Put five of them in the cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you want to be a hoarder, dude. You yeah. want to you want to finish. You want to help those guys out and get the last remaining few <laughs> so they can get that item sticker off the damn right. the damn racks. <laughs> uh, yeah i've heard costco is pretty good like as far as a like an employer i've heard yeah. they're a fairly oh, yeah. good employer man i i when i left um the the uh, store manager pulled me aside and said you know are you sure you want to you know do this i'm like dude i'm graduating college I'm, I'm i'm going out for my career it's not like i'm leaving and going to lowe's yeah you know I, i'm leaving to start my career and he said you know i started out just like you you know, 17 years ago or, you know, whatever it was at the time, he's like, I started out as a seasonal employee yeah. and then I, I moved up and the next thing you know, I'm a cashier. And, you know, at that time that was, uh, so, you know, between 2002 and 2004, um, you know, I started out making seven bucks an hour. And by the time I was done, I was almost 12 to cashier and run the, and run the and anytime i ran the the forklift when i was stocking the freezer and the cooler it was like an extra 50 50 cents an hour or something like that to run oh, nice. to run the forklift you know so i'm like yeah i'll yeah. hell yeah i'm on the forklift all yeah. day guys screw the cashier yeah. you guys you know i'll you say this about that. costco though you always see the same employees yeah they're they hardly ever have turnover. there there is not a, a very high turnover rate mm-hmm. and that's because like i said I, I mean i felt at the time they take care of their employees um the benefits are good and uh I remember, you know, going back to uh, graduating college and, and having, you know, a bunch of debt and then finding out you don't have a, there's no job in your career field. I worked with people at Costco that were engineers and were lawyers oh, and, God. and, and I'm, you know, they're, oh, I'm, I got a financing <laughs> degree and, you know, I, I, I'm like, and you're working at Costco and, the, and they'd be, yeah, because a, I couldn't find a job or some of them decided after being in the field for you know however many years 
that they, they didn't want all it. the stress and yeah. everything with it. And so they come here, they, they show up when they're supposed to be there, they work their shift and they leave everything there and they go home, Yeah, you know, and, and there's something to be said for that, I think. And there was a lot of people that, uh, that I worked with over the years at, at Costco that, that were those type of people. They could be making, you know, six figures, you know, a year doing something else, but you know, they chose to make 50 grand or 80 yeah. grand a year, whatever it is, you know, at, at Costco because of, of that probably reason alone was when they clock in, it's a hundred percent. I'm here. I'm going to deal with the customers. And then when I clock out, I don't Leave care. It all there. I don't care what happens. Yeah. I don't care if we're not getting any more food or <laughs> dog food tomorrow. Not my problem. You know, I'm going to tell the customer Put tomorrow. Put an asterisk next, next, <laughs> next to it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, I'm going to tell the customer tomorrow that I'm sorry, but we're out of, you know, Kirkland brand peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. What do you want me to do about it? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kevin, we're running out of time tonight. Yeah. Um, It's been great chatting with you, but I got to ask you one more question. Okay. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would probably say the biggest thing is, uh, you know, just humans in general, we need to do a better job of being nicer to each other and follow through. Like I, I deal with it a lot where, where people say they're going to do something and they don't, they don't follow through with it. Mm-hmm. So follow through is, is a huge thing for me. If, if I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be here at six o'clock, I'm going to be here at probably five forty-five. Mm. you know, and I'm going to do what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, I said I was going to do, you know, so you know, so, when I learned the lesson of follow through, I got to tell you, I got to say this story. Jason hasn't even heard this yet. When I learned the lesson of follow through, I was on the second hole of <laughs> of um, <laughs> of uh, this golf course over here in Spokane. And this, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. It's not fairways. It's uh, uh, anyway, uh, I was on the second hole. It's a, it's a straightaway par four. Okay. And I hit my tee shot into the left bunker just off the green i mean awesome drive right right? it was probably 350 yard drive uh probably the best drive i've ever hit in my life because it went far and it was accurate right right? straight and um my second shot went in the hole for an eagle okay right now that being said i played from the sand probably five times the rest of that round of golf but didn't follow through on my shot. Right. Did not, not like the first one Mm -hmm. that I played from the sand where I followed through, the sand went up, it looked like PGA. Right. Right. The sand's landing (laughs) on the green, the ball bounces once, goes in the hole, perfect. I mean, picturesque perfect. Uh, But but the, the, the next five times probably that I played from the sand, didn't follow through. The ball didn't go anywhere. I hit like two or three shots from the sand. And the guy I played with, um, he was actually on the podcast, Ron Heath. He, he he looks at me after like the third time that I'm trying these sand shots. And he's like, dude, follow through. Yeah. Follow through with your shot. Like, right. You did it perfectly on the first one. What's your fucking problem? Yeah. Basically, he didn't say that right. probably, but that's what it sounded like. That's what he was saying in his mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm like, I don't know. I don't right. know my problem. Cuz now you've thought about it. Yeah. That's the problem with golf. Yes. You know. And and 
and I'm a hundred percent. I, uh, the, my wife's, uh, dad is an old golf pro and now all, all the, the siblings and their husbands and everybody golf, you know, and I choose not to golf with them because they are so competitive. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to play the golf, but um, love to play the golf, the golf, the yeah, golf. Yeah. <laughs> I love to play golf. Um, but I wanted to chill and I want to relax. And, and, you know, um, sometimes I want to do donuts in the cart and flip it over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, and I think uh, the last time we went golfing, we asked the guy if we could take the side by side on the golf course. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that was because it was getting dark too. Yeah, that yeah. one that we ended up using, uh, like glow in the dark, gl- like yeah, glow in the dark, yeah. high fluorescent golf balls. Cause yeah. we, I think you told me about that. Right. Actually, yeah. Right. But no, there you go. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, you know, again, it's follow through in whatever you do. I mean, in in that aspect, yeah, you you get to the point where you start thinking about it too much, and you know that's affecting your your game. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and and in anything else, uh, just regular life, just follow through with it. And uh, again, it's it's about it's about making the commitment and then actually follow following through and, and actually doing what you said you were going to do. Right. You know, but, but my point was, is it's a, it's a good life lesson. Right? Yeah. Follow through. And yeah. when I get to the point and, and trust me, if people are listening out there, which they, I'm sure they are, um, where I go in my mind, I'm thinking I'm screwing up right now because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I think about that and I go, okay, all I got to do is follow through. Right. All I got to do is make a phone call to this client or all I got to do is, uh, you know, I'm just generating examples, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, all I got to do is this and I've followed through and I've done my due diligence and now I don't feel bad about it. Right. Right. So after that, I think about that. Yeah. After that, the cards are going to fall where they are. I mean, uh, you can go all the way back to what we were talking about earlier about rejection and about failing and everything. But if you don't follow through with it the first time, you're never going to know what could have happened. Right. Right. And like I said, I I gave the example with my oldest, you know, asking girls out. Mm -hmm. You never know what could have happened. You know, I mean, everybody talks about, oh, well, you know she's too good for you or she's yeah. too pretty for you mm-hmm. and she's never going to accept you. I mean, look at some of the celebrities that have gotten girlfriends or wives, you know, and you look at, you're going, how, how in right. the world <laughs> is right. that possible? Yeah. You know, but, but the, the, the thing is, the reason is, is because she wasn't getting approached by anybody because the, the guy thought that she was too too good for her right Mm -hmm. and so that one guy being the nerd that he is decided to step up and say well i think she's cute i'm gonna go ask her out for next friday night Mm -hmm. and lo and behold she says yes and the next thing you know they're married for 18 20 years I i was listening to this uh guy talk about his daughter so when they were she wouldn't get i think it was she wouldn't get her allowance i think is what it was unless she generated it was like i don't know something small but it was like five she had to meet like five people during the week mm-hmm. right but she had to find out like information about them right right so you had to she had to go to a complete stranger start a conversation and find out like several different criterias right well he's like i did that on purpose because the life lessons that she learned was how to approach a total stranger right extract information that they don't even know that they're really giving mm-hmm. right and report it back like awesome like as far as intel and stuff but they she he goes she is light years ahead of people when it comes to confidence in public speaking oh yeah or approaching a stranger with sales or Correct. whatever i'm like what a 
what a smart idea. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, because, you know, you go to a kid today, go tell them they're going to do public speaking. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of people's biggest fears. Oh, 100%. You know, and so. I still picture everybody naked. Yeah. I mean, dude, doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. I'm and I'm leaving. <laughs> well, well yeah, don't like look it. this way. <laughs> no, and that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. a huge thing. Um, you know, not not to draw it out too much, but just to talk about people, the social anxiety that mm-hmm. that I'm I'm not gonna. I don't mean to be like everybody else where I say kids these days. You know, but but fucking but, kids these but days. kids these days yeah. are socially. <laughs> uh inept you know i mean they it is very difficult to get somebody you know i mean again let's not i don't want to go down to like 10 8 you know six year olds and everything but look at a teenager who's in high school whether it be freshman or senior year and try to talk to them face to face and have them look you in the eye and have them talk to you and carry on a conversation like we have been doing it is well, nearly impossible. Well, they just impossible. won't do it. They'll look well, at the ground or... Or their phone go, or... Go talk to a like a high school girl and see how often they get asked out in person. Yeah. It's always by text it doesn't message. doesn't happen. Never right. in person. Always by text message. Right. But like, I mean, talk about like being socially awkward and stuff. Like Mike Tyson says, like people these days have gotten way too comfortable oh, saying yeah. stuff on the internet without being punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like right? that he punched the guy in the face. Yeah. <laughs> that is... Yeah. But I, I mean, saw that, that and I'm yeah. like... <laughs> right on, man. That's Wait, what everybody needs. That's a, that's Am a, I missing something? What happened? Oh, oh, he he punched a guy on a plane because the guys were, you know, talking shit, and then it, yeah. and I supposedly I he, he threw water. Supposedly, on him or yeah, like somebody ended up throwing a water bottle or something like that. So Mike Mike gets up and he's in and he's in a, uh, a window seat, and he ends up getting up and hitting the guy behind him, and the guy across <laughs> the aisle is recording it like a buddy of his or something. Oh yeah, he's got. He's got a gash above his yeah, uh, his right up. right yeah. eye and everything. Holy shit! How oh, yeah. have I not heard about this? Oh, this is all, over. all over the news. Bro. Yeah, man. Oh my! And that's why God. he came out with that with the statement that he made there. I mean, that's on social media too, of course. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, people got too comfortable saying well, he, shit. He said that for like years. Yeah. You know, I mean, now he took now, action. Yeah, now, now it's a, now it's a, yeah, now it's a quote, so. right? Oh but, my god, could you imagine getting t- it, dude that, taking a punch by Mike Tyson? That's what no. my that's what my oldest said. He's like, "Would you go in the ring for, with with Mike Tyson for one round for a thousand bucks? A thousand? No. And I was like, a thousand? No. Hell no. <laughs> Not even Not, at sixty or dude, seventy. A million? A million or something like that? Oh, Maybe yeah. five hundred thousand? Yeah, I'd probably. I'm all yeah. over it. A dude. million. A million because, I'm doing a lot of things. Because. <laughs> yeah, my thing was is I told him I said, dude, I've I for I don't know how much what's like how how long is a round in in boxing like one round like three, three minutes, minutes three minutes, minutes. dude I, I will run around that ring for three minutes I will jump I will slide I will I will not get hit I will do my damnedest but, but could you imagine like you're a guy on a plane and you're yeah, just like oh, there's no here, place to go have some water Mike <laughs> oh, no no he harassed no him he did for a long, long time. Yeah, but he was just, shaking the back of his chair. Just that anxiety, yeah. him coming back there and just whack right, right in the face. I mean, oh my oh, it was a couple. god! It, I could. Oh, no, dude, he. Yeah, he laid into him. Yeah, it was a couple. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't just one whack. Good for no. you, Mike. But but <laughs> that's. I mean, I feel like that's where we are. We hide behind a computer, mm-hmm. right? We say whatever we want on any of the social media platforms. Uh, with again, going back to life lessons for kids, right? Math and and finance, or mm-hmm. you know, money and all that stuff. Uh, accountable accountability for your actions, mm-hmm. right? Right, and, and also, um, you know, being the a lot of people I've seen nowadays, especially even in managerial positions, are afraid of face to face confrontation. Oh, hundred percent, right? Yeah, any yeah. sort of 
oh, they're going to disagree with me or right. I'm not going to like how it goes. They just would rather do it by other means. Oh, yeah. I'm going to email then, you that you're fired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or text. Like right, you imagine text. getting fired by a text. Oh, man. Oh, my well, God. Here, so here's an, a good example. Our, the previous employer, you know, we had guys that would quit via text. Oh, yeah. You know, we're expecting them at six o'clock in the morning on the job to, you know, labor, grab a shovel, do whatever they were, whatever they were tasked with. And, you know, either 630 that morning, usually <laughs> or nine or sometimes 10 o'clock the night before or yeah, whatever. It's I don't think I'm coming in today. I quit. Yeah. I'm like, you've been here for a week. Yeah. You didn't even make it a week. Sometimes, you know, okay, you made it for two months or something like that. But that's how you part ways is wow. you can't even show up to the job or make it the, you know, if that was a Thursday or something like, hey, I quit Wednesday. Okay, well, yeah. tell the guy, hey, I'm going to work today and everything. I quit after today. Yeah. Face to face, be a man yeah. or a woman and, you know, and and do it. Don't don't send a text when we think you're going to show up. Right. Buck up and have a little bit of courage. Yeah. And, and talk to people because people are just people, right? Right. We all have our anxieties and we all have our yeah. our inner doubts and whatever, you know. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're a person, I'm a person, Jason's a person, and we just talk, you just talk to each other. Right. right. But that's the problem. A lot of, I hate to say it again, I'm going to say it, kids. Kids these days. Yeah. Kids these days. Kids these but, days. And the, and the reason I say that, because... You know, ask, you know, ask somebody who, like I say, my parents that are in their 70s, right? Ask somebody who is over 50 for certain, mm -hmm. but definitely 60 to 70 or 80, right? Um, you know, you ask them as a grandparent and then ask your parent, you know, how how did each generation, you know, how did they, they, they say, or they talk about their kids, right? We always go back to like, Oh, kids these days and everything like that. Their damn computers and everything. My, my dad says that sometimes, you know, oh, everybody's on their damn laptops and their, their phones and stuff. We didn't have, we didn't do that back in my day. Cause you didn't have that back yeah. in your day. The, the technology society, everything has changed. So you cannot compare 1940 America to 2022 America. Yeah. You right. just well, don't, well, you can't well, they do say it. Like, so, you know, like video games, you know, phones before that was TVs. Like people right. need to get Microwaves. out of the TV, read the, read their books. Right. Well, if you go back, books were the TV, like right. get your nose out of the book. Right. Like, uh, you know, way back in the, in the day. Yeah. And I was like, it's fascinating to, to look at like generational differences. hundred percent. Yeah. We go, my dad always goes back to the, he's like, uh, you know, he, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he goes back to like the microwave, you know, yeah. you talk about the invention of the microwave that ruined America families <laughs> sitting around the dinner table. You know, well, and I mean, he he definitely has a point as far as like, you know, I used to live in Italy, right? And mm -hmm. Italy dinner is still a three hour ordeal. Oh yeah, you know, though yeah. it's it's funny they talk about America like we're a fast a fast food culture is what they say. You know, like America oh, yeah. bases their life. We around want work. it now, instant gratification. But they base their life around work, whereas right. um, uh, in, over it, mainly in Europe and in certain Asian countries, they base their life around family, right? So like right. they'll take a a siesta right. in the middle of the work day. Oh yeah. You know, and they're like, have a little sip of wine. One of the, one of the worst stories is like a phone company, internet company, right? It was, they were open from nine to 11 or the first 25 customers. 
<laughs> and that was it. That was it. You're done. Right. Like, it, it, it's 930. We've dealt with tw- 25 questions. Closed. We'll be back tomorrow. It's like, man. Can you, and, you know, you look at things like that. Can you imagine how the U.S. would operate if if we Ooh. got away from work? You know, we're, we're uh, uh, you know, the whole live to work, work to live thing, right? Yeah. If if we flipped the script on it and stopped worrying about working so much and actually started being concerned about our health, being concerned about our family and making the memories and everything that the next generation can actually absorb and take and then pass on, where would we be? Yeah. You know, way different spot. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't hide behind, you can't hide behind your phone or your laptop. Or oh yeah. You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta go, you go at, at some point you have to go talk to someone. You do. And you should. Right. The, right. Going back to what, you know, teaching in classes and schools, you know, we, we've already kind of touched on a couple of subjects, right? There needs to be a full finance, not use credit cards, learn how to 401k invest or whatever it is class, right? Yeah. And then the other one should be public speaking and learning how to get in front of people and talk. You don't have to get a, you don't have to do a report or, you know, whatever, but just to be able to get out of the seat and get up and feel what it feels like to stand in front of people who you don't really know very well and to get those looks, those eye contacts to your eye and, and being able to communicate something to somebody. Well, that's, I mean, that's always a skill that you'll constantly be working on your whole life. I remember my first time I was in a speech class. And so your, your first, your first speech, you get up there, they force you to videotape it. And oh, then yeah. they give it to you to take home. Right. And then you watch it and you're like, oh Damn. my God. <laughs> this <laughs> is so embarrassing. When, uh, my funnest class that I ever took in, in in any college course, and I took a lot of them because I I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, right? <laughs> a lot of people I, go to I, college I started for eight accounting years. <laughs> and ended up in criminal justice. You know what I mean. But anyways, um, so, but my funnest class that I ever took was speech. Oh yeah. Speech class. Um, I thought, Okay, I'm gonna sign up for this class, and they're gonna give like mm, at least th- two or three weeks worth of instruction, right? Right. To figure out how to put together a speech, and then you're gonna go up speak. Well, the first day, the first day, we were in front of the class for two minutes. Oh yeah, in front of the class for two minutes to talk about anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? But uh, once you figure out. it out. Once you figure it out, and oh, yeah. then they started showing you, okay, format your speeches like this, and and, yeah. and and do this and do that, and then by the end of it, you could do twenty minutes easily, mm-hmm. and you're probably going over if yeah. you're a talker like me, right? Oh but, yeah. But it, you're just and you're in front of the class, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, now I'm doing a speech. It's right. not a big deal. Right. It was. I loved it. It was awesome. Yep. But so anyway, Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah appreciate awesome. the invite. Thank you awesome. guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Be sure to tell your friends about the show. 